0: Salutations! Welcome to Pod Mortem. I'm Renee Hunter Vasquez, joined as always by my co host my husband and my brother.
1: Hi, I'm John
2: Paul Vasquez. Hi, I'm Travis Hunter.
0: This week, we're recording live from an imagined movie theater discussing the 1999 supernatural horror film, Stir of Echoes. This film was directed by David Kep with a screenplay by Kep based off the novel, A Stir of Echoes, by Richard Matheson. This loose adaptation elevates its core of a murder mystery with genuine scares, unsettling effects, and committed performances by its cast. Though widely regarded as underrated, due in no small part to its release after the massively successful films The Blair Witch Project and The Sixth Sense, Stir of Echoes is a late 90s horror gem. This film was requested to us by friends of the show, Miguel Myers ATX, Anthony Jerome M., blaine hancock and our grandma sherry mosley we want to thank them all so much for their support and for this suggestion so what did you guys think of stir of echoes the first time you saw it
1: uh when this movie came out i was 15 so i know i didn't go see it in the theater okay uh not saying that i didn't go to the movies then but i know i i know i didn't go see this movie in the theater Uh, i do remember watching it though on dvd and loving it and i was Mm -hmm. like oh it's fucking nuts uh, I'm almost positive that Kevin Bacon had a lot to do with that. <laughs> so I was like, all right. Uh, well, You love trimmers. Well, no. Yeah. But, uh, this movie is good. And, uh, if you haven't seen it, I'd recommend watching it. There, there is, there is some, you know, problems with the movie,
2: whatever, but it's, are it's they- old. Yeah. yeah they are. There's,
1: a <laughs> cu- <laughs> There's a couple. <laughs> I
2: don't know about that. I will say there are some, but my nostalgia is so powerful.
1: It is. Yes. It
2: is. Um,
1: but we s- we still got to talk about
2: it. Yes, we do. <laughs> At the very least, we'll point them out. Yes. And then quickly bury them in a basement. Yeah. Maybe. yeah something like that. Um, no, we watched the hell out of this as kids. All the time. I was, I guess, <laughs> I was thinking about this when I was watching it again for the show. I was probably like eight years old mm-hmm. the first time we watched it. Should not have been watching this. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At all, because the more things went on, the more stuff I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like
3: I was processing it. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm like, I'm 31. I'm having trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I think this is like a really, really, really good ghost story. Yeah. yeah. And it holds up way better than you would expect it to.
0: And murder mystery. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Which we all love the mystery. Yeah, Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's a satisfying mystery. Yeah. I'm totally content with where we go. It's not like a... And there's not a lot of red herrings, which I also appreciate. Yeah. yeah. I like a red herring, but I also don't like red herrings for the sake of them. Yeah. yeah, for sure. One thing I will say is that I, having rewatched this for the show, I now know where a lot of my own personal fears came from.
0: You know, it's <laughs> it's so funny that you said that because today I was unpacking the fact that I'm incredibly bothered by anything having to do with teeth or nails. Right. And I was like, I think it's because of this. I literally yeah. think it's because of this movie. I <laughs> Like for real? I was unpacking that this morning. <laughs> I thought I was born with that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was this. I think
2: <laughs> David Kep gave it to me. I
0: think so. <laughs> No, but like you said, uh, we watch the shit out of this all the time. Um, I haven't seen it in some years, Mm -hmm. but I still have this intense love for it. This intense nostalgia. It holds up for me very well. Mm -hmm. I will say there are parts. I don't know if my mind was like protecting itself. There were parts that I didn't remember being as brutal as they are.
2: Yeah, that's fair.
0: But I mean, I just I I love it. I still love it. Yeah, I... I
1: and i know we said it before about the nostalgia having but and i think i don't want to say that if i watched this now that i wouldn't like it um but probably not as much
2: i'd you know say I mean? that might be fair i
1: think i've watched it so much it's like no i like that movie it's like <laughs> are you sure yeah You're Like no i love no, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a really good movie <laughs>
0: there was a long stretch of time i mean years where this was my favorite horror film Where, what's your favorite movie story goes like i it's it's just so good yeah i don't know i feel like i still would like it if i watched it i mean like a lot if i watched it for the first time today i
2: think the thing about it is even watching it um now you see how well it's crafted right and so there's a lot to speak to you as an adult to say no this is a good movie But there's so much stuff from it that is so memorable that I realize that I've been stewing on for decades. Yeah, no, No, literally that only makes it better. And
0: I feel like there's this added facet to it when you watch it when you're older, because I remember when I was a kid, I was like, wow, they're they're really cool. Like, I thought Tom and Maggie were so cool. Yeah. And like watching it now, there's like this quiet desperation yeah in a a lot of aspects of this
2: well I'll tell you right now this film at eight years old (laughs) oddly their like coolness felt aspirational
0: yeah no I was like they're fucking (laughs) awesome like (laughs) like
2: watching it now I'm like oh man
0: there's a lot of sadness what have I done with my life (laughs) I did very quickly if you'll indulge me i did want to spotlight david Kep for a minute because <sighs> holy fucking shit mm-hmm. um i'm writing out for the script setting this up like who wrote it who directed right. it da-da-da. and i'm like i know i've i know i've typed that name like <laughs> i know that he did something that we have watched mm-hmm. and that we've covered so i go to this man's imdb and get my <laughs> fucking tits blown off okay We'll say he's something of like an indie darling. He does these like very oh, you know, mm-hmm. tiny. <laughs> <laughs> these tiny, you know, nothing films. Right. No, he did the screenplay, and this is just a few right. for fucking Jurassic Park. Oh, wow. Mission Impossible.
1: Yeah. The fr- I know, <laughs> but that's still huge. No, yeah. The
0: first Toby Spider Man.
2: Okay. All right. Secret
0: Window. All right. And he fucking wrote death becomes her yeah
2: that's the one
0: (laughs) i was like what like my jaw was on the floor i don't understand why he's not a household name
2: i love that we're the people that are like yeah jurassic park that's good death becomes her (laughs) but i mean
0: (laughs) to me jurassic park is a 10 absolutely i mean that's fucking impressive
2: i think my thing about him that confuses me as far as not being a household name right you got someone that's worked with sam raimi yeah Steven Spielberg, Steven Soderbergh, uh, Steven Spielberg. Did I ever say that? <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: I meant Brian De Palma. Steve, yeah.
0: <laughs> and Steven Spielberg and again. Yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then he also worked
2: with Steven <laughs> Spielberg. <laughs> Spielberg Steven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Comma.
0: Stevie yeah. Spielberg.
2: I, I meant, what the fuck did I just <laughs> say? <laughs> a Brian, lot of, Brian De Palma. Yeah. That's a
0: lot of very. So what people. happened?
2: What? I'm not sure. I feel like um, one thing that I have noticed with a lot of their films is that. It's kind of the auteur perspective. Mm -hmm. That's a Spielberg film. Ah, Right. right, That's a Brian De Palma film. That's a Spielberg film. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: And another another one.
2: And so a lot of times you don't really hear about the writer. Right. And for me i feel like he's one i read online he's like the eighth highest grossing screenwriter of all Come time God, man yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so how how are we not talking about yeah, yeah. No shit. david Kep. the yeah. fact that i was
0: just like that's a familiar name
2: and that's what yeah. It is. yeah
0: and what's interesting
2: to me is this is only his second feature stir of echoes yeah oh wow all right there's a confidence to it
0: oh yeah he
2: did but I'm have sure a you- lot of um Guidance. I was gonna say, All I'm right. sure you
0: get that from working with these giants. For you sure. know, yeah. just one more thing before we move on, because I read this and I was pretty upset about it. Mm-hmm. Because a uh, word that comes to mind when I think of this film is underrated, because I feel like it's just not talked about enough. And I will admit that maybe I have a little too much nostalgia and I might think that it's better, a little bit better than <laughs> it is, but I still feel like it deserves a seat at the table and I feel like it doesn't have one.
2: But I feel like if you look at it in on the scale of 90s horror, even just as a decade, yeah. Yeah. this is great.
0: It's
1: yeah, I, I was gonna say I've only heard people say good things about this movie.
0: Yeah, but not enough people are talking. <laughs> <laughs> not enough people are saying good all things. All right, all right. But I, I think the reason for that, and I'm like, I came to it myself. Uh, you know, I've been uh, looking at a lot of box office right. No, um, again, when it came out,
1: right? Okay, because okay. I
0: read an interview, and David Kep had said that the script for the Sixth Sense fell in their hands. All right. And that was coming out in August of 1999. And this was coming out in September of 1999. Ah. And so they were like, we need to get this out before the sixth sense. This is going to be fucking huge. And I guess the executives.
2: See, and this is the problem is because I believe artisan did stir of echoes. So these are the same people that fucked up Joe Berlinger's come
0: on Blair Book Witch. Of shadows.
2: Yeah. Ah, all right. All so right. they weren't the sharpest. Yeah.
0: Apparently not. <laughs> they said that. The Sixth Sense was too soft and that it wasn't going to be big. And, and it- Kev- <laughs> Kevin Bacon said that he was like, please. Like, he was like, I don't, that's not something well, I would normally campaign for, but he was uh, like, we need, let's get this out in April.
1: Well, look at the people that are, in, I mean, you got Bruce Willis. I mean, yeah, it, just that. That
2: should have been tough. That. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Just that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So uh, obviously they didn't. They, they lost that battle. It yeah. wasn't pushed to April. And so he said, David Kep said that when it came out fucking a month later people were like wow it's he said that he read a review that was like um how quickly like excellence gets ripped off and he's like they really think that we wrote shot edited and released yeah, the- in like three weeks and with
2: like yes. a 12 million dollar budget yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like but it just it sucks like timing is everything i guess right. and you don't really think about that but there are a lot of similar themes yeah and i mean the sixth sense we gotta cover that someday Uh uh-huh right (laughs) (laughs) now before we open the door for this film we would like to show a warning for spoilers pod mortem is a very in-depth podcast and in thoroughly discussing horror films we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two if you don't wish to be spoiled please go watch the film then come back and enjoy the show if you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers then let's dig in so the film opens with a child humming over the credits we see a townhouse with the title stir of echoes over it as discordant noises grow louder and the music swells.
2: So first of all, I I doubt that song will be important later. No, definitely (laughs) not. But I did want to talk about a stir of echoes, which was the novel this was based on. Mm -hmm. Right. It was written by Richard Matheson. All right. I think it was I want to say 1958. Yeah. Which is another reason to say that they didn't rip off the sixth sense. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Richard Matheson, fucking prolific writer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He wrote uh, the original novel, I Am Legend. Yeah. Okay. He wrote tons of Twilight Zone episodes. Like, he is very well regarded in the community. Uh, He actually saw this movie and loved it, by the Uh, way. Oh, I love that. I appreciated that. Because
0: they made a lot of changes.
2: Yes, they did. Uh, Which I know we both watched a video from the Scare Salon. Yes. And maybe you can...
0: I got a couple notes.
2: Okay. (laughs) Um, but the thing was, is that David Kep had wanted to make a horror film next. Right. And he didn't know what he wanted to do. And so he was just at a used bookstore and he finds A Stir of Echoes. Okay. And Matheson is one of his favorite writers. And so he's like, oh shit. Yeah. He's like, of course. And so he goes to Universal, who owns the rights to, the film rights to the book. Mm -hmm. And he makes a deal with them to write a spec script. And the deal is, if they like it and want to pursue it, then he'll make it with them. If not, then the rights will revert to him and he can make it anywhere he wants.
0: That's a great deal. That's a very good deal. How did he do that?
2: I don't know. He is a great, he's a silver tongue devil.
0: (laughs) Heads I win, tails (laughs) you (laughs) lose.
2: But um, they didn't want to make it. And so he went to Artisan. They had been sitting on the rights for 35 years. God damn. damn. And so he finally got it made. And yeah. the rest is, uh, as they say, and that's the way <laughs> the news goes <laughs> or whatever. Excellent. Yeah. Is that the
0: quote? Sure. All yeah. right. <laughs> um, I thought it was strange that the novel is a stir of echoes mm-hmm. and the movie is just stir of echoes. But also, in that same article, Kevin Bacon was saying that the title is awful. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to call it Dig. No.
2: <laughs> <know>. All right.
0: <laughs> that was so funny to me.
2: Is, did, he, did he like Bruce Willis? He wanted to call it My Man Death?
0: Yeah, <laughs>
2: <that>. <laughs> I think Stir of Echoes is a good title. No, it, yeah. It David Kemp is like, it, enough. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> That's enough. Uh, hit your mark, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But all the music and noises stop and we cut to the inside of the house where Jake, played by Zachary David Cope, sits in the bathtub. Guitar strums in the background as Jake details his day.
2: Was I the only one that thought he was doing like a blues thing with the guitar? <laughs> 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 He's staring down lens, and I thought he, he was is. like, from the day I was born.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh
2: my <laughs> <laughs> God. That's how we... St- Why didn't I remember <laughs> this? <laughs>
0: But he says that his friend Jackson came over to play. He was the Black Power Ranger and Jackson was Batman. So we were really all over the place. (laughs) But we pan out to see Jake's father, Tom Witzke, played by Kevin Bacon, sitting on the bed, playing the guitar in view of Jake. He asks if Jake is okay, And Jake says yes. Jake turns toward us and says that he has a question. Tom consults his watch and realizes that it's time for Jake to be in bed. But Jake continues that it's an important question as Tom comes in and scoops him out of the bath, wrapping him up in a towel. Jake requests his bug pajamas for tonight, but Tom has fire truck ones and the bug ones are all the way downstairs. But after a little back and forth, Tom concedes and heads downstairs to get the bug pajamas. You got to pick your battles. <laughs> yeah. I get it. That's literally Jackson. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alone again, Jake watches as his dad goes down the stairs before returning and looking straight at us. Thought it was interesting that he waited until Tom was gone, gone.
2: Yeah, that I I have to say, uh, continue, continue.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He finally gets to ask his question. Does it hurt to be dead? We get a shot from behind Jake and we see that he's talking to absolutely nothing and it cuts to black.
2: So he was at first staring down lens like Malcolm in the middle. Yeah. (laughs) And I feel like the fact that he had said, I have a question... And mm-hmm. his father doesn't care. And then he's like, "It's a really important question." And his father's like, "Yeah, pajamas. Like, yeah. ask, <laughs> figure out what he's talking because he yeah. you, don't, you don't know that he's talking to." Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, that's yeah. true.
0: He could, he's like, "Dad, yeah. I'm not nah. something to ask you." He said it was important. He did. No, he did. With the fact that he's like, "This one's pretty heavy, Dad. Why don't you go get? <laughs> <laughs> why
3: don't you go downstairs?
1: <laughs> I'll I'll handle." Yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> And would it hurt to be a ghost or maybe just more annoying?
2: Well, yeah, because, I mean, it seems like ghosts have, like, a 20% success rate of getting the attention of people. Yeah. Imagine. It'd be super
0: annoying. Like,
2: if you try, like, just... Every text you send, like, only two of them come back. Yeah. <laughs> like, and people I mean, are saying uh, something uh, to you.
1: Yeah, you might get your feelings hurt at the beginning, when it's like, oh, you guys
2: can't even really fucking see me. No, I'd still get my feelings I- hurt.
1: <laughs> I'd find a way to take that yeah. personally.
2: I'd, uh, Casper might be the friendly ghost, but I would be the sensitive ghost. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But we hear the word animal before we see two women hugging downstairs. It's Tom's wife, Maggie, played by Catherine Irby, and her sister, Lisa, played by Ileana Douglas, who is fantastic.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We love Ileana Douglas in this house.
0: They split apart from each other and Tom is in between them just trying to return upstairs with the bug. (laughs) 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 He asks what he did to be called an animal because that's what Lisa just said. And Lisa asks Maggie if she can tell him, despite Maggie saying no, Lisa breaks the news to Tom that Maggie is pregnant, telling him that his beer addled sperm still works. (laughs) Tom closes his eyes, letting the news hit him as the sisters argue. Lisa says that Maggie was so afraid to tell Tom that the baby would have been born before he even noticed. Tom finally logs back into the conversation to tell (laughs) Maggie that she's not pregnant. Lisa tells him that congratulations would have been a better reaction. And yeah,
3: Uh, yeah, they would have been.
0: (laughs) Tom is hurt that Maggie told Lisa before she told him. But Maggie says that Lisa is a witch. She just took one look at her and guessed. Silence settles in and Maggie asks Tom to say something. The best this motherfucker comes up with is bummer
3: (laughs) i couldn't believe it
2: dude
0: maggie's like something else (laughs) we're
2: leaving (laughs) i don't think he could have failed harder no no that was real bad i did think that it was a little uh, this feels like it's going to be a massive deal
0: yeah that's true this pregnancy yeah i feel like it it's just like decorating the stage of what i think is a rough time for tom okay I think that this is just another thing on his shoulders. Um, David Cap described the story as a midlife crisis, but the, instead of the other woman being his secretary, she's a ghost. <laughs> it's, it is midlife crisis energy, right. like especially some dialogue that Tom gives later on. Mm-hmm. The pregnancy definitely does not really come up, but I think it's just this little added thing on his back that yeah. it's like, fuck. You but, know.
1: but did did his sister in law have to be like no have to do that, <laughs> all that? Like no, will, we need all
2: that. <laughs> I think I guess that's just to set up what's coming up later for her. Yeah. Uh, all right. It's
0: a, it's a smart <laughs> not, script. It's- <laughs> it's a smart script, all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but Lisa says that Maggie is six weeks pregnant, so the baby is due in June. Geminis are cool. Einstein was a Gemini. Preach.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: you know i was born in june mm-hmm. yeah,
2: she, al- she also said shirley manson uh shirley <laughs> manson
0: is a virgo so i don't know why she said that <laughs> 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 i have that really? here yeah i oh. looked it up but anyway tom hands the pajamas over to lisa and tells her to help jake but she continues that if the baby's late she'll be a cancer before she gets into the details of cancers tom tells her that if she starts with her Dion warwick shit he's throwing her out the window it's so funny to me <laughs> how commonplace astrology talk is now. Mm -hmm. And the fact in 99, 1999, she's like, she could be a cancer. Oh my God. (laughs) You're fucking crazy or whatever. (laughs) That's enough out of you.
2: And she's a witch because she knows (laughs) the months that correspond.
0: He tells her again to just go help Jake with his pajamas. And she leaves saying, love you too, Tom. Tom joins Maggie in the kitchen. And he's like, this is great. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he's doing damage control. You, know, you
0: already blew it, dude. <laughs> he, says, he says it's about time they had another kid. He was going to bring it up himself one of these days. Maggie is incredulous, but Tom says that she just needs to take time off of work this time. She says that she can't afford it, but Tom tells her that he'll just start working overtime again. Maggie hates this idea. When he works long hours, he comes home in a trance and he's completely useless. But he assures her that he'll be fine. He just needs to tell the band to get someone else to fill in for him. She remembers his plans and is like, oh, no wonder you're pissed off. But he says that he's not. He's a grown man and he doesn't need to be screwing around with some band anyway.
2: It felt very, like, I don't know. It almost felt like a guilt trip in a weird way. 100%. It's <laughs> like, everything's fine. My dreams are I'll dead. Just <laughs> <laughs> well? I'll just give up the most important thing in my life.
0: It's
1: no big uh, deal. Well, I mean, I get it. But damn, the man can't have a life either then, or what? No, well, he can't. So, he's, so uh, fuck his dreams and what he wants to do, huh? Of course not. Kevin Bacon, no, man. <laughs> I got you, man. Don't uh, <laughs> You, you get in that band
2: <laughs> the bacon brothers I believe. Yeah,
1: a- <laughs> oh
3: yeah he does
2: <laughs> i i feel like i feel like with a life balance you can find your way to both No, oh, yeah. yeah he doesn't need <laughs> to put it life. on her let, it me, let me turn the switch off it's a, that's nuts <laughs> my
0: dream is dead <laughs> but he tells her he's gonna change his clothes into something cool and he kisses her reassuring her that he loves her and that he's a happy guy before he can leave the room he pauses in the doorway With his back to her, he promises her that he's not going to be a lineman forever. He finally turns and says that a monkey could do his job, clipping wires. Maggie reminds him that he's supposed to be moving into the office by the end of the year, but Tom says that when they first got together, he told her that there were a lot of things he planned for himself, and he just wants her to know that he wasn't giving her some kind of line. He actually meant it. She hugs him and says that she didn't marry him because she thought he was going to be famous. She just liked how his ass looked in jeans. Mm. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Once again, we know that from Trimmer. Yeah,
2: <laughs> but is that enough to take the plunge? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tom says that he didn't want to be famous. He just didn't want to be so ordinary. With that, he pulls away from her and leaves to get dressed.
2: I heard on commentary, David Kep. He put a lot of his own life into this. Yeah, all right. And he was talking about, uh, I guess, his familial dynamics, the kind of house they had at the time, mm-hmm. all this stuff. But he had said that whenever they filmed this scene in particular, he was at the monitor weeping.
0: Oh yeah. fuck.
2: And I was like, you're a Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> you wrote Death Becomes like, Her. Look at my fucking ass. <laughs> you might wanna, <laughs> <MVP, laughs> wanna cry.
0: <laughs> Upstairs, Jake sleeps soundly next to a baby monitor. Tom kisses him turns on his nightlight and leaves but once he's gone Jake opens his eyes he tells someone or something to shh and we hear faint whispers we see the blue nightlight shining out of Jake's window from the street outside Tom Maggie and Lisa walk out into the street Maggie muses that she hopes it's a girl as Tom checks on the baby monitor that he brought with them Lisa ponders the chances of meeting a man here as they walk over to the house that is seemingly just right across the street.
2: You say seemingly, which is very interesting mm-hmm. on commentary. This neighborhood is stitched together by like three different neighborhoods that are <laughs> <like> miles <laughs> apart. That's- yeah. But it was actually filmed in Chicago. So these are all That's real. That's cool. Yeah, nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, I never would have guessed. I, I don't know how comfortable I feel with the baby monitor center. I know. I was,
0: I was um, feeling very anxious
1: even if it's across the street that's still you're still like come on
2: i i was surprised that they didn't i but they do seem to be very attentive to the window and the monitor Tom right is, right yeah. but, but at the I, same time yeah.
0: i wouldn't even enjoy my like there's no point no, in yeah. Even going. yeah
2: i felt bad about leaving the cat when we went on like vacation yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like i can't i
0: can't But they walk up the steps to the house and Tom is immediately greeted by Frank, played by Kevin Dunn, who hands over his drink to Tom, saying he'll get another one.
2: Kevin Dunn is, first of all, he's great in this yeah he is but he took on a new role for me in my mind because of veep he's on veep and he's fucking hilarious i
0: flashed back to that episode of roseanne when like nobody could stand him and he just (laughs) kept like inserting himself
2: that's
0: right (laughs) he was uh dan's boss but whatever (laughs) hey
2: also (laughs) maybe he's the same character because this is illinois it is (laughs) it's canon
1: now he's uh sam's wit dad on transformers
2: no shit. Yeah. <laughs> We've all got some.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but as Tom follows Frank, he stops to say hello to Harry, played by Connor O'Farrell. Harry asks if Tom is taking care of the place, and Tom jokingly tells him no, they're drilling holes in all the floors. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Tom and Harry continue to follow Frank, who goes past his wife, Sheila, played by Lucia Struss, and another couple, Bobby and Vanessa, played by Stephen Eugene Walker and Mary Kay Cook, who have a small child with them. So they could have just brought Jake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I was kind of confused. Know. He's at home like fighting burglars and yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. I did want to make mention because they, I don't remember, the conversation was very weird. I was so distracted by the conversation they were having on the way up to the house. Mm-hmm. I think they were talking about like boners and shit. I don't know what that was about. Yeah. But <laughs> thats it's intentional because I think they were trying to distract you with the boner talk because... <laughs> Right up front, there is a telephone pole in the shot and there's a missing persons poster on it. Oh, uh, all right. And I've, I've
0: never noticed yeah.
2: that. I was like, huh. Interesting.
0: Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, you were talking about him fighting burglars or whatever, <laughs> but Zachary David Cope, the little boy that played him, mm-hmm. I watched this behind the scenes thing of him being interviewed and stuff. He was so adorable, but... <laughs> Uh, Kevin Bacon was saying he was like no matter how small a role is um, if uh, if it's a guy in one scene who runs a deli and you ask him what the movie's about he's going to say well it's about this guy that owns a deli (laughs) and so they asked the little boy Zachary David Cope what Stir of echo's is about and he's like well it's about this little boy named Jake (laughs) (laughs) it was so fucking cute that's great (laughs) because they just spliced that right after it was adorable (laughs) But as Frank gets himself a drink, Harry asks Tom how he's liking the neighborhood. Tom says he grew up in Bridgeport, so it's not like it's a foreign country. And Frank is like, God damn right, it's not a foreign country. I didn't like that. No. Um, I didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> but he continues that this is the greatest neighborhood in Chicago because they all look out for each other. And that's saying a lot because they're approaching the year 2000.
2: <laughs> Watch out. Because the machines are going to, yeah. Oh, yeah. Take over. We're fucked. <laughs> I was gonna say, did you guys did you guys notice the train in the background? But it kind of takes over the sound mix as well. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought it was really awesome because it's like uh, something really great about filming on Mm -hmm. location—you get that immersion. Like this feels like a neighborhood, yeah, one
0: hundred percent. And
2: I just love that it just whenever they're talking about you know where we look out for each other, you're like, man, I believe their their relationship. yeah. Yeah, I believe all of it.
0: But Lenny, played by Larry Newman Jr., interrupts, asking if they heard about the guys selling drugs at the park, but Frank just demands to know who invited him. He calls Bobby over, who explains that Vanessa made him invite everybody. Frank walks away, continuing to talk shit, but Lenny calls after him to not come crying to him when he wakes up dead with his throat cut he I was like all right lenny um, yeah. i was waiting you know that like thing that guys do where it's like oh who let this dude in here yeah, or whatever yeah. i thought that's what it was but i was like oh no they really don't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they really don't like <laughs> <laughs> who let this guy coming in here over with like-
2: this bullshit yeah, yeah. no, no they, oh, they, you guys don't yeah. like lenny yeah. i was like okay seriously who let him <laughs> in <Yeah. laughs>
0: Inside, Lisa surveys the men, rattling off the guys that she's not attracted to or downright frightened by. Sheila catches Frank eating chips and fucking staring at a woman in his strapless top, like like Dude, his life yeah. depends on it. <laughs> what the fuck? A drunk couple leaves. The woman stumbling down the stairs as Tom sits on the porch. Jake's blue window is behind him, and he has the baby monitor sitting next to him. He watches through the window as a woman squeals and hugs Maggie
2: so like i said uh earlier about this being, <laughs> being filmed in all these different neighborhoods yeah uh, that's a fake balcony they built
0: oh wow oh, all right so
2: it's supposed to suggest the house yeah but that's really all that's there
0: it works yeah, yeah. hell yeah i was laughing because i was like tom's thinking that's what i should have done <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't have said bummer <laughs> it's like, Damn it. really fucked up <laughs> But later, the party has dwindled to Tom, Maggie, Lisa, Frank, Sheila, Bobby, and Vanessa. Lisa Frank. (laughs) Anyway, they sit in the living room, Lisa telling them about people literally being operated on while under hypnosis. Vanessa is incredulous, saying that people don't really get hypnotized. They just play along. Lisa asks her to explain how these people can have a scalpel stuck in their throat without bleeding or making a sound. Everyone laughs at her, and Frank yells that it's bullshit. Lisa says that she saw a guy in her class get a two inch needle stuck into his arm by their instructor while he was under hypnosis. Nobody believes her, but Maggie sticks up for Lisa saying that she did see a picture of it and it left a mark. I was reading the script for this because they changed a lot. I didn't get to finish it, but all of this with Lisa, it's really uh, originally she was Maggie's brother. I think his name was Philip. And it wasn't, it was, he was studying hypnosis because he was a psych major. And so I was looking at it in a scientific way because I guess it is 1958 or whatever. Right. Looking at it in a scientific way instead of the way that Lisa's looking at it. Yeah, yeah. And it was his arm that maggie was like it left a mark like i saw it they stuck it through he got hypnotized and they stuck uh, the needle through his. Right, ear, right. which oh. i feel like lends a little bit more yeah. realism to it so yeah. well because
2: now you she's making it sound like an urban legend yeah <laughs>
0: well, she's like I, she's like yeah. i seen it like yeah i just feel like it would have been more impactful if it if it did happen to yeah. her or she but like she
2: rolls up her sleeve yeah okay yeah, yeah i could say cause that
0: because here maggie's like i saw a picture of it and <laughs> <I was like, laughs> mm-hmm. okay. it's 99 did you like do really yeah. it? <laughs> Whatever. it
2: was a Polaroid. yeah, <laughs> yeah. (laughs) it was grainy
0: (laughs) Tom says that he doesn't understand how Lisa who has spent most of her adult life in college can believe such superstitious crap Lisa rebuts that it isn't superstitious she's practically a licensed hypnotherapist Mm. Tom points out that practically (laughs) licensed (laughs) means that she doesn't have a license yeah (laughs) Lisa tells him that just because he's lived his whole life in the same six blocks doesn't mean that there's not a whole world out there, which is pretty rude.
2: Yeah. I feel like it was a tit-for-tat situation.
0: I guess. He's,
2: well, he was like, how does someone who spends so much time in school is so fucking stupid, <laughs> basically. Yeah, but his
0: was a little playful and mm-hmm. like... Well, okay, <laughs> all right. The mood that he's in, yeah. and she's just like, you've amounted to nothing. So yeah. what do you... And he was already like, I'm ordinary. Yeah. <laughs> it just got a little deeper. That That's what A
2: solitary tear. Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> well, Tom's smug smile drops from his face, and that line does seem to bother him. But we zoom in on him as she tells him that there are doorways he hasn't opened and things he wouldn't even understand. Frank tells her to prove it by hypnotizing someone and Tom immediately volunteers. Lisa refuses to do it because he's hostile, but Tom's like, "I'm not hostile. Do I seem hostile?" <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, A little wound up.
2: Even his even his friends are like, "Yeah, dude."
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Bobby says that he does, and Maggie gets up, trying to excuse them from the party. Tom pulls her back down, though, telling her that this is just getting good. He tells Lisa to do it, but she says that he's drunk. Tom drunkenly shoots back that he's not drunk. He's like, I'm not drunk. (laughs)
3: Lisa
0: says that you're not supposed to mesmerize someone who's been drinking, but the word mesmerize makes Tom and Frank crack (laughs) up. (laughs) <laughs> well, because she hadn't been saying that. Yeah, she,
1: have she that. did. <laughs> Just keep two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She, <yeah. laughs> she should
3: have
0: <hypnotize>. <laughs> He tells her to educate him, and she says that it won't work with that mentality. But Tom promises to follow every instruction to the letter, and it still won't work. He leans forward, asking, What's the worst that can happen?
1: Oh, I ne- mean,
0: never say that.
1: Yeah, somebody can be under your bunk, chop you up while you're getting busy. <laughs> I mean,
2: there's a lot.
0: Lots <laughs> of yeah, things can yeah. happen.
2: <laughs> Someone can turn you
0: invisible. Yeah. That-
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, start doing yeah. terrible, yeah. terrible things.
0: <laughs> there's lots of bad, bad yeah. scenarios. Yes. But giving in, Lisa tells them to turn out the lights, and the group cheers. Now in the dark, Tom sits in the chair, and Lisa calmly tells him to relax and to trust her. She tells Tom to close his eyes, and Tom does, eclipsing our vision of Lisa.
2: So I did want to say the whole back and forth of whether or not he was going to get hypnotized at all. Right. The way that it's shot is so cool to me. Yeah, It's really one long shot. Right. It just keeps pressing in, pulling back. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really putting the focus on Tom because we are going to be in his shoes for the next scene completely. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's very smart, um, Kepp had said that Brian De Palma visited the set and gave him the idea to do that. Oh, that's all cool! Right. I thought that was really neat because of their work history together. Yeah. yeah, but he had said that what he had originally thought of doing was doing what you would think to do, which is okay. They're talking. We'll cut to them. You know. Yeah. But this way, you realize you don't really need to see anyone because it is all about Tom. Yeah. It is. Right, yeah. And so it just works really well. I
0: feel like it's a little more suspenseful too.
2: Yeah. Because you kind of feel like something's closing in on him. Yes. Yeah. and that's mm. mm-hmm.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's something that I that, that they were saying in that behind the scenes thing that I watched that he was so flexible. Yeah, about other people's input, like the actors changed lines a lot, um, and he was All like, right. "No, that sounds better." Yeah. Like, he's just wow. very like wow. like it was a group thing. Like everybody really, really seemed to have a good time making this. And they were talking about Kevin Bacon, how like in between scenes, he would tell stories from his life and like behind the scenes stuff from all the movies he was in. <laughs> they just seemed like he's in Footloose. Man. Yeah, yeah just seemed really cool. Speaking of which, as we're coming up on the scene in that same thing, Ileana Douglas had said that she and David Kep went to be hypnotized mm. before filming. The scene, oh, wow. And the experience that they had made them change how they were gonna do this wow Uh, so i mean it's just it's really fucking cool like i just love hearing stuff like that but lisa's calm voice continues in the pitch black instructing tom to just listen to the sound of the rooms around him she tells him to pretend that he's in a theater we see from tom's view sitting in the back of a playhouse behind a bunch of people facing a stage when lisa details that it's a movie theater a huge screen comes down obstructing the stage that was once there. She tells him that he's the only one there and the people in front of him disappear. She says that it's a great old movie palace. The regular screen is replaced with a huge ornate red curtain. She tells him to look around and see the huge empty theater and it is just that. Very big and completely empty. Tom sits in the back. She says that the walls are painted in black and we see the gold walls taken over by black. She says the seats are black and the bright red seats become black as well. She says in the whole theater, the only thing he can see is the white screen. The curtain is now open and a huge screen sits in the middle of it. It glows white when she says this. She tells him that there are big black letters on the screen, but he can't read them. So he floats closer in his chair. She assures him that he's very comfortable. This is his favorite chair. We drift closer to the screen as she details his legs and arms being relaxed, limp, heavy. Now, Right up on the screen, she tells Tom that the letters come into focus. They say, sleep. We see the word sleep on the screen in huge black letters, and it fades to black as Lisa tells him to sleep. Suddenly, we hear a scream and see a house under construction. Someone stands on a porch waving us over. We see someone with a bag over their head, someone shaking and screaming. Tom wakes up with a gasp, covered in sweat. He asks, what the hell was that? And everyone stands over him laughing.
2: First of all, mm-hmm. this is one of my favorite sequences.
0: Literally. Like in yeah. the whole film. I was gonna say when I was younger, I was like, this is the fucking coolest thing I've ever seen <laughs> in my life.
2: Well, when I was younger and she started the hypnotism, I actually was afraid as a kid that <laughs> like I was. <laughs> but I the thing was for me, I think, is that I loved the way it evolved. Yes. She's like, right. it's a theater, and you see a theater a movie theater. And they're like, hold on. Yeah. It felt like a sight gag at first. Yeah. But then you're like, oh, this is genius. It's so good. It's so good. Even with the, it's 1999. You would think that them digitally painting the walls of the theater wouldn't look very good. Yeah. It looked great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was very, very pleased. One thing I do want to say though, that I didn't really even think about until rewatching it now. Mm -hmm. I wonder if this sequence may have inspired the view of Chris Washington in the sunken place.
0: Oh, okay. I can see that.
2: I always thought it looked like a movie screen. Yeah, All it right. does. And so I, I would love to know if Jordan Peele liked Stir of Echoes. <laughs>
0: who who right. doesn't like right. Stir of Echoes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Maggie asks if Tom is okay. Vanessa says that he has to be faking it, and Frank calls it the weirdest thing he's ever seen in his life. Lisa congratulates him for being one of the lucky 8% that are highly hypnotizable tears on his face Tom asks what the hell Lisa did to him before getting up and making something to drink Lisa says that almost anyone can go under a little but not freaky under like Tom did she asks Tom how his hand is she says that she stuck a safety pin in it and told him to bleed on one side but not the other Frank says that he did, and Lisa's like, oh yeah, you were very cooperative. <laughs> she says it's a side of him that she's never seen.
2: That's great.
0: Tom asks Maggie if that really happened, and Maggie says that it did, and he told them that it didn't hurt. Frank asks him about Joey Luca, and everyone but Tom and Maggie laugh. Frank says that Joey Luca used to beat Tom up when he was 12 and Tom told them all about it, crying and moaning. He's like, it was hysterical. But when Sheila tells him to shut up, he's like, it was very moving. Yeah. <laughs> You're a piece of shit. That's your friend. dude. Yeah.
2: I that's trauma that's coming up. They kind of turned on Tom a little bit. They here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah that that too so what were you asking him that all this got brought up or what were you doing in front of everybody why we were with inside tom freaking
2: out with them yeah what yeah. the fuck is going on out here i <laughs> to me i think the thing is okay anything that had happened at first whenever he was coming out of it and he was freaking out yeah and he was getting upset i was like okay well first of all fuck you because you were being a dick about you deserve it. it yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah but then when we hear that she's putting safety pins yeah in, <laughs> I was like, Lisa, I was rooting for you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're doing too much (laughs) So I guess
2: I wouldn't Put it past her To be like What's your You know What's your most embarrassing
0: I guess I just feel like (laughs) If he's sitting there Like moaning And sobbing Maybe we like Don't talk about this When he wakes up Maybe we just uh, like Don't Uh, fucking embarrass him
2: I would never want to know What happened You got me acting Like a chicken and shit (laughs) Yeah (laughs) Like I don't need to know that But I also was a little Like where was Maggie During all this I would imagine If JP was being hypnotized I would uh, hope Yeah Yeah, I would hope you like, that's enough. Yeah. He's sobbing about being bullied as a kid and you're gonna like They're like, oh my god, this is fucking <laughs> hilarious. And then they laugh. About I love this show. show.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's trash. In the script, uh Sheila keeps looking at her watch yeah. and Frank's like, Be cool, be cool. And then it gets to like the hour changes and Tom goes he takes off his boot and throws it out the window because Lisa left that in his head to do that when it hit 12 o'clock or whatever. And then Tom's confused and everybody's like, ah, ha, you fucker or whatever. Like, they're, all they're all laughing at him. Now,
2: granted, if you were at a party, that'd be pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> if someone's like oh wow it's 12 o'clock i better sh- <laughs> <laughs> that would be really funny to see but i i get it i get
1: it yeah and eight percent that's a small number very small
2: i'd like to check on that you know i've never kn- in all fairness i've never known anyone that have, that's been hypnotized period me neither yeah, i, I would,
1: can't say i have i'd give I'd it a shot either
2: i i would uh,
1: i don't know i'd want to watch
2: <laughs> it first i don't want to
0: <laughs> you go first
2: yeah, yeah uh-uh. you you turn into a chicken <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs>
0: But Tom tells Maggie that he hasn't thought about Joey Luca at all. As the rest of the group talk amongst themselves, he asks her if they can go home because he feels strange.
1: But why not just say what you saw? Yeah. Okay, you guys were you know whatever i'm the jester out here for y'all i I saw some some shit yeah Yeah. i was like hold on real quick he's like when y'all were making me dance i was seeing some ghosts or something
2: i think i saw a murder yeah Yeah. (laughs) seriously why why not say that i don't know but he's like let's go home i "I got a headache
0: but that night in bed maggie sleeps and tom tosses and turns restlessly he looks at the clock, which reads 1.11 a.m. before falling asleep. In his dream, Lisa whispers at him to close his eyes before sticking a safety pin into a flame. Tom sits in a chair in that huge empty theater that floats in midair toward the screen. The safety pin forces its way through the webbing between his index finger and thumb as we continue to see him drifting toward the screen that says sleep.
2: On commentary. David Kep said now it looks a lot like we shoved a safety pin through the the hand of a person. Yeah. And the way that we did that is that we shoved a safety pin uh,
0: I- Knew it. <laughs> hand of a I knew it.
2: They said that they paid a kid a hundred dollars. It
0: looks too what? real. Yeah,
2: a kid. Well, not a child. <laughs> Maybe like a twenty-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> it was the little boy that plays Jake. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, I'll do it. Shit, I'm not even in this scene. All right, let's do it. But he it said it looked too real. Yeah, he said they did it. They did two takes. All right, and it just made me laugh because he he summed it all because th- th- that kid is sick. This generation. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Is sick. is sick. You offered it to him. Yeah, yeah.
2: no shit. <laughs> who's the hundred bucks? Yeah, it's work. Yeah, and you're in a movie forever. Yeah. yeah.
0: When Tom opens his eyes again, it's two twenty six a m. Maggie cuddles up to him and they start to make out. I was like, oh, be careful, because the last time I saw you doing this, yeah. <laughs> it didn't end too. Yeah. Well. <laughs> she climbs on top of him and the flesh showing commences. All is going well until Tom is hit with flashes of that blurry figure waving us toward a house. He shakes it off, but as he slides his hand across the blanket, we see another hand clawing at a wooden floor. He reacts to this and Maggie asks what's wrong, but Tom tells her to just keep going. She does, but the visions continue. Blood sprang across a wooden floor, a bloody tooth skittering across it, the hand clawing into the wood until a fingernail breaks off. Mm. He goes, "Oh Jesus Christ."
2: <laughs> <laughs> we have the same reaction. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs>
0: He sits up in bed and Maggie continues to kiss him, but he asks her to stop. Something is wrong. I don't yes. know why she's still like no. But g- come I, g- look,
1: I give him credit for trying to keep going. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but I mean, he was like, yeah, no, no. I'm, good, I'm good. I was like, ah, that's that's too much.
0: <laughs> I he's
2: like, I've had my fill. Yeah, I, like, a, <laughs> I gotta switch gears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did hear on commentary that what they had wanted was to kind of put us in Kevin Bacon's shoes with this scene. Yeah, his intention, he said, was to be more explicit with the sex. Okay. On screen. Yeah. So that the graphic violence would contrast more. But obviously they had to trim it back. He yeah. sounds
0: real sick. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that generation.
2: <laughs> but he said that what it was is it was supposed to be like, oh, you're just, you're seeing this and then you're Kevin Bacon getting freaked out by this shit. Yeah. And he also said that the nail thing, which scarred, I know, both of us.
0: Yes.
2: He said that when they originally showed it, it was just, you know, it's very easy to do. It's a fake prosthetic yeah, nail, yeah. snap it off, whatever. But whenever they did it without sound, it didn't get much of a reaction. Yeah. And so they added the breaking of celery. i'll
0: never eat celery again (laughs) that's a really good observation because the sound is a lot of it yeah
2: (laughs) it's too much
0: it's too much of it but tom literally tells her that he was seeing things and it's just too weird but she tells him that it, that wasn't weird. She could show him weird. I'd be like, what'd you say about seeing things? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd again, be a little more concerned. I, uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but right now is not the time. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Save that for later. Yeah, put right. a <laughs> pin in it. Yeah, hold on. Put, put, a, put a safety a pin, pin yeah. <laughs> in it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he continues to ask her to stop, finally removing her hand from him and saying that it felt like he was being attacked. She's like, Thanks. But it's like, Maggie, well, babe. You're not <laughs> like, listening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he tried to say, like, a lot. Yeah. That he something is terribly wrong.
2: I know it changes later, but this moment right here, I was like, wow, it's kind of like the old spouse trope. Yeah. Yeah. Not listening yeah. to what's going on and just... Because when she was like, oh, yeah, thanks. It's like, he's not talking about... No. no yeah, like, I
0: mean, clearly. He said, like, yeah. he said, I'm seeing things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like I was being attacked. <laughs> but anyway... He abandons trying to explain himself and just goes into the bathroom. He takes a pill with a glass of water, but when he sets the glass back down, he notices blood swirling in the water. He looks back in the mirror, startled to see blood running out of his mouth. He opens his mouth, to traumatize me personally, (laughs) to find one of his front teeth dark and bloody. He pulls on it until it finally comes out of his mouth. He looks at it horrified before dropping it into the sink where it rattles. He looks back at himself in the mirror and the blood is gone. His tooth is back in his mouth. The water in the glass is clean and so is the sink. He pulls at his tooth again, but it doesn't budge.
1: Nope.
0: (laughs) (laughs) In that interview, David Kepp talked about how they did this practically. Yeah. And they like colored in his tooth Mm -hmm. and put a cap on it.
1: Uh, All right. And
0: so he's pulling at the tooth but he's got another tooth palmed in his hand. So when he pulls that tooth out, he drops the palm tooth in the sink. The camera looks down at the sink. Somebody runs over, cleans up his face. The camera pans back up and he's fine. I was (laughs) like, that is so fucking cool.
2: Dude. Sometimes it's the easiest way. It's genius.
0: But they had talked about, uh, that line of blood and, that they don't even know how that happened yeah. but it was just a happy accident that worked because it is fucking disgusting. Yeah. It's horrible.
2: Honestly, the line of blood is what stuck with me more as a kid oh <laughs> and the fact that it was an accident is just unbelievable. Yeah,
0: yeah it's so effective. I'm like yeah. reliving it and yeah, struggling. I, no. And honestly, when he g- comes
2: back and his teeth are fine, I would never pull on my teeth. No.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> we don't need to test it.
2: We've been we're, given a second chance. We're
0: t- <laughs> now we on a liquid diet. <laughs> but abandoning sleep with good reason. Mm -hmm. He heads downstairs and gulps orange juice from the carton. He is hit with more flashes of a girl holding her head and screaming. He goes to the sink and drinks greedily from the faucet before sitting down on the couch in the living room. He leans forward to get the remote. And when he leans back onto the couch, there's a teenaged girl played by Jennifer Morrison sitting beside him. She wears bracelets, like the hand he saw in his vision, and she reaches out to him, pale and exhaling visibly into the air, like it's freezing. Tom screams and jumps up, away from the couch, but she continues reaching for him. In a strange, distorted voice, the subtitles said that she said, you can hear me, can't you? Right. I personally did not hear her say that. It just sounded like distortion. Mm -hmm.
2: So we couldn't hear her. Yeah.
0: I couldn't. (laughs) Maybe Tom could. Yeah. But Tom uses the remote to mute the static on the TV, so I don't think he heard her either. But when he looks back at the couch, she is gone. A haunting score plays as Tom drops the remote and goes back up toward the stairs. I really like the score in this. Mm -hmm.
2: Do you know who did it? No. The man who did the score is James Newton Howard, who we have talked about before, because he is the guy that scored basically all of M. Night's films.
3: That's why I love it so much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's it? Yes. And at least we know that it's a non-threatening ghost. Fair? Yeah, or she, whatever we
2: just seen. Can you hear she me? She wasn't,
1: yeah. yeah. It that wasn't like, yeah. you're going to
2: die tonight. Right.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Maybe <laughs> if that followed after, yes, right? then we have,
2: <laughs> we have some worries. Hey, I just realized he scored the sixth sense in the same year.
0: What a fucking nah. beast. <laughs> so, yeah. That's pretty sweet. We should cover that at some point. Yeah, man, we'll talk <laughs> about it. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Standing at the top of the stairs, smiling down at him, is Jake. Tom says hi to his son, and Jake says, You're awake now, Daddy. Just kind of scary.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that at all.
0: He asks if Tom is okay, and Tom says that he is. He climbs the stairs and sits next to Jake, admitting that he just doesn't feel very well right now. Jake presses his fingers against the side of Tom's head and smiles at him, saying, Don't be afraid of it, Daddy. Before walking back to his room,
1: you brought a stray cat in those motherfuckers into. <laughs>
0: He's like, like It's yeah, fine, oh. <laughs> don't be scared." <laughs> but wouldn't you be like, "Come back?" Yeah. What are you talking about?
2: Yeah. There's a lot of times in this film where conversations should be had.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: This this could have been handled tonight.
0: Oh yeah. It, <laughs> that's true. It could have. I do give it points. I'll talk about it in the next scene. Okay. The next morning in the kitchen, Tom takes faxes out of the machine, seven jobs for him before lunch, as Maggie asks him if he was hallucinating. He says they were a bunch of hallucinations. Maggie says that since this has never happened to him before, hypnosis must have agitated his brain. Tom agrees, saying that he had a horrible headache and was extremely thirsty. Maggie chastises Jake for watching a monster tape in the other room. Jake's like you think this is the worst shit that I've seen <laughs> before casually asking Tom who the woman he saw was Tom says he doesn't know maybe it was someone he met once and he was remembering her but she didn't look familiar to him Maggie goes did you fuck her?
2: I mean my god come on that was a lot dude
1: yeah I
0: like, really <laughs> I, I just
1: said uh, a ghost or yeah, something yeah. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking and about and then you're
2: on this bullshit yeah, like, well, what are you talking about <laughs>
0: Tom is a little shook, saying she must really be pregnant if she's jealous of a hallucination.
2: I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: the hormones, I guess. Uh, sure. But this was interesting because I would say in most films, Tom does not talk to his wife about this. Right. And the wife doesn't believe him if he does. Yeah. So this, I really liked this, that he was like, I saw some fucking crazy shit last night. And she's like, well, you were just hypnotized. I mean, it, it's like...
2: It's, it's somewhat rational. I
0: love when when characters are paying attention to the fucking movie that they're in.
2: <laughs> I do until later. Okay.
0: Well, we'll talk about that later. All right. I guess. <laughs> Maggie tells him to call Lisa, but Tom is hesitant. He says that she's the one that fucked up his brain in the first place. Maggie says that she'll have to be the one to unfuck it then. Tom stubs his toe and mutters fuck to himself, and Maggie tells him not to swear so much. Hypocrite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa wakes up to Tom calling her on the phone. Tom is up in the electric wires using one of those, like, I guess, safety phones, asking her if she left a post-hypnotic suggestion when she hypnotized him. I feel like we probably can make this call on the ground
1: well I, I mean I'm sure he worked for the phone company that's why he's up there but well
0: yeah but it was scary <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's using his time wisely yes. I
0: guess multi yeah.
2: I didn't know that you could just fucking plug in like that
1: he was yeah no I, I that's that's one thing that I will say uh, that I have seen a lot is when they show shit like that and people work for like the electric company or the phone company somebody always just like plugs in a phone or something up there and just calls people like hello just, up yeah. <laughs> where <the fuck>
3: are-
1: <laughs> it's like where how did you get that to plug in there? how did you know that was there?
2: Yeah, is it like a regular phone Yeah, the- <laughs> like I
1: wanna know. It's like we have to build all of these, but they have to use dial-up.
2: Like, <laughs> <What? laughs> yeah. like so I don't have to pay for it at home. Yeah. I'll right, no,
0: just climb up here. <laughs> I'll just
2: get a big ladder. <laughs>
0: But Lisa is first insulted, saying that she didn't do anything, and she has done this before. But when Tom is assured by this, she finally admits that it was just a harmless one anyway that she left behind. Hmm. She's like, did it really work? Tom demands to know what she said, and after hesitating, she reminds him that she's always said he needs to be more open-minded. So that's what she left behind. She said that his mind should remain completely open like a door, ready to receive everything around him. Tom asks what that's supposed to do, and Lisa's like, well, I don't know. I've never done it before. Then why did you fucking do it? (laughs) I'd be so fucking upset.
2: I'm telling you, I I love Ileana. I know. I was like, why (laughs) did I remember loving her so much? Because
0: this is really fucked up. Because watching it as an
2: adult, I was like, you're tearing me apart, Lisa.
0: (laughs) (laughs) she tells him to relax because all she did was open a door and therapists do that all the time it releases repressed memories or latent abilities interesting Hmm. tom tells her that he has to get back to work and hangs up the phone lisa hangs up too and the phone immediately rings but she says she's not answering it
2: i did want to say something about the shot of him on that crane yeah as -hmm. the camera pulls back and you see more and more of the city Uh, First of all, the cinematographer was Fred Murphy. He did great work here. Yeah. Uh But I had read that Kep said that this was meant as a metaphor because as she's saying that his doors are open, you're seeing more and more of the city.
0: Oh, I like that.
2: I'm like, that's there's some really smart choices. I like
0: that. This is interesting, too, because in the for my understanding in the novel, it's more like Tom is open to everything He's feeling intentions from his neighbors. He's feeling like getting fit. He cannot function because it's shit coming in constantly from everyone. God damn. In the movie, it's like more like just this one yeah. thing.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> just <go>. Yeah. But,
0: <laughs> but from everything that I read, including that um, Scare Salon video, the movie is just more focused altogether. Right. The book kind of seems not like all over the place in a bad way, but just like everybody's got their own yeah. shit. And Tom is getting all of it.
1: That might have been too much.
2: Yeah, I think it works better as a more focused thing. Yeah. Because yeah. if, I mean, I understand from that video that the novel was more kind of about, like, suburban facades. Yeah, All well, because right. it's
0: the 50s, okay. and so it's kind of like how we... Lo- and it, it was like a upper-middle-class family, not a working-class right, family. Right, right. And so it's like, oh, these neighbors that you, like get together with and have dinner parties with, like, what are they really like underneath? That was, I think, more, um, there is a murder mystery. Yeah. Completely different though, so I'll touch on that later too, but it's just, I really like that he kind of took the core of that and did something different with it, because I I just, I really appreciate this film a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But back to Lisa's phone, it's Maggie on the other end asking if Lisa can babysit for them on Friday night. Behind her, Jake sits at the table eating cereal. He looks directly at us again and says, I did. I told him. He goes, what's your name? Okay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So he wasn't impressed by the name. (laughs) Whatever. I guess that's fine. We
0: (laughs) We go back to Maggie, who explains that she's called everyone who could possibly watch Jake and no one is free. Jake chimes in and says, call Vanessa and ask her about Debbie maggie hangs up with lisa's answering machine excited to learn the name of the girl who babysits for vanessa she dials the number asking jake how he knew about debbie pointing across from him at the empty chair jake says samantha told me but maggie's already on the phone with vanessa and not listening yeah, again he's having
1: full-ass conversations <laughs> yes. at the table <laughs> whether you're on the phone or not you're gonna notice that you're not. Who, who are you talking who to? Who is Samantha? Yeah. yeah, what the fuck?
0: Did your dad fuck her? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, mom, please. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing a lot <laughs> yeah. right now.
2: And can we say how much would be solved if she would have just listened to that yeah. w- one sentence? Yeah. yeah, but instead, she's trying to yeah. go out,
0: oh, man. She's distracted.
2: It's like, yeah, shut up, kid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, Debbie, please. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But on Friday night, Tom opens the door to let Debbie, played by Liza Weil, in. As he looks at her, everything goes red, and there's a loud buzzing sound. Tom is taken aback, and it's awkward for a moment until he finally introduces himself and lets her inside.
2: So it's unfortunate because the way that he is taken off guard by this, it kind of makes him look like a creep. He
0: looks, it does not look good at all. At all. all. I did
2: uh, hear on commentary because they originally had it as a sound instead of something visual, yeah, but the audience didn't pick up on it because it's really hard to use that as a cue to say, when you hear this buzzing noise, that means he has a bad feeling.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So they're like, we'll turn everything (laughs) Well
2: We'll do the Kenny Rogers roaster sign.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I got it. Yeah, that'll work. It's frying his brain. (laughs) (laughs) But Maggie introduces herself to Debbie and says that Jake is already asleep and he hardly ever wakes up. She invites her to help herself to anything she wants in the kitchen and gives her the baby monitor. Debbie takes a seat and everything flashes red again for Tom who stands uneasily by the front door. Still Debbie's looking at him like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) in the bathroom. Tom tries to get his mind right and asks Maggie where she found out about Debbie. She says that Vanessa gave her Debbie's phone number and that it's fine because everyone uses her. Tom takes another pill and Maggie asks if he has another headache. Tom just dismisses this as too much caffeine. They head downstairs, and Maggie tells Debbie bye, but Tom <laughs> just fucking stares at her yeah. as she flashes red again on his way out the door.
2: I just come on, dude, and this is your fourth time seeing the red, so yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> calm down.
0: <you>. <laughs> <laughs> the red, <laughs> With Chevelle. That's what yeah. I was, yeah. <laughs> Outside, Tom and Maggie walk in a group of people as Frank debates the politics of high school football with himself because Tom is not really listening. (laughs) He's staring at the taillights of cars glowing red and he hears that buzzing sound again. Frank asks what Tom played in high school and Tom says mostly just piano. Frank apologizes to him, takes out a bottle of liquor and offers him some. Tom declines, but Frank drinks he continues that maybe he's biased toward his own son, Adam, but he's having a hell of a season and no one is even noticing. Tom is still struggling and Frank takes no notice, but he goes, Jesus Christ, when a woman walks by. yeah, Dude, <laughs> dude right? I'm hearing this
1: buzzing.
2: Like, Shut the fuck up. It's like, God
3: damn.
2: He's looking at you like the predator. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, I'm going through some shit. Yeah. I don't have time to talk about yeah. high school football. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Walking with Maggie, Sheila takes a drag of her cigarette asking, why don't you just lick them when they walk by? Because he almost did. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just feel bad for her. Yeah, yeah Frank's gross. Pigs love it.
0: <laughs> <God damn> it. <laughs> <laughs> we see Debbie back at the house setting up the baby monitor as she sits down to read her book. And it is, of course, a Richard Matheson book.
2: I thought that was nice.
0: Very cool. Sheila tells Maggie that Frank says the average guy has a hard on two and a half hours out of the day, but for him, it's three and a half.
2: So you just added another hour? Yeah, very good. Very good, Frank. (laughs) Maggie laments
0: (laughs) that she has to picture this now. Frank tells Tom that one of these days, Sheila is going to take one of his guns and pop a cap in his ass. But Sheila is continuing to talk shit about him to Maggie, saying that Frank would stick it in a bowl of soup if it was still warm. Why are you married in? Like y'all, yeah, I feel like I, y'all hate each other.
1: That's something too that I notice now. That like watching movies back then, and then like watching them now is like, man, I know, I know some men can be trash. And yeah. I get it, but so can everybody. Yeah. But the way that men are portrayed in these fucking movies... Well, Frank's disgusting. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Yeah. But I'm like, God damn, that hurts. I'm like, man, what the <laughs> fuck? Is that the way y'all thought we were supposed to act then? I, I was think... Like, I don't...
2: <laughs> my thing about it is how blatant he is with it.
1: Yeah,
0: well, that's what like. am Like, it's, is-
2: it's I- almost too much that's yeah the, well, he the, literally said jesus yeah. christ
0: that's <laughs> the thing is when you're younger it's like funny because it's like oh he's super horny yeah, you know, yeah whatever yeah but as you get older you're like dude you are disrespecting your no, Yeah, <laughs> like it's like crazy it changes
2: here and you know i, I would have made the line better by saying for two and a half hours he doesn't have one
0: yeah that is better yeah I mean,
2: call me david cap all right i have
0: a whole extra hour (laughs) me personally
2: it's like that doesn't amount to
0: much (laughs) back at the house debbie continues to read as she listens to jake breathe softly on the monitor as kids sneak beer into the venue tom follows the crowd past a cop car the lights pulse and tom stops to stare at it as he hears the buzzing again Maggie comes back to ask if he's okay and he assures her that he's fine and they continue following the crowd back with Frank Tom takes drinks from the liquor bottle as Frank continues to gush about his son saying that he'll go further than he ever did to prove this uh. he cites the quote quality of tail That his son is getting. He says that he passed him in that department when he was 14. And Tom looks how I feel when Frank is saying this because he looks fucking disgusting. (laughs) That's
2: horrible. That's what I'm
0: saying. Come on, man. Shut (laughs) the fuck up. What are you talking about? ahead before people can get into the i guess they're going to a football game yes before people can get inside they're passed over with metal detectors this holds up the line and frank yells ahead like that's gonna fucking do i don't this (laughs) did make me think of unbreakable though oh shit another
2: (laughs) very fair point
0: Back at the house, Jake's breathing stops on the baby monitor. Concerned, Debbie holds it to her ear and turns up the volume. She's startled, though, when Jake says, you scared me. She sets the monitor back down on the table. But hears Jake whisper. She's downstairs, I think. He's like, (laughs) I don't know. I haven't seen her yet. Debbie goes to the bottom of the stairs and calls up to Jake. Outside, the crowd starts to push forward and Tom tells Maggie that something is wrong. Debbie heads upstairs where from the hallway she hears Jake whisper. I have a secret to tell you. She opens the door, the light from the hallway illuminating Jake where he sits up in his bed. He immediately tells Debbie, Samantha says it's always dark where she is. Debbie asks who? And he's like, Samantha. Like, were you fucking listening? (laughs) (laughs) He's offended. (laughs) You're a guest in our home and you're being very rude. (laughs) Debbie asks when he talks to Samantha and he says all the time she asks where and he says here in my house Debbie says that's not true and crosses the room toward Jake outside the stadium Maggie has gone over with the metal detector but when it's Tom's turn he is transfixed by a red neon sign that pulses he stares at it as he hears the buzzing at the house Debbie shakes Jake telling him that what he's saying is cruel and untrue Jake fires back that he doesn't tell lies. He doesn't tell waffle <laughs> <Yes. laughs>
2: I was thinking the same Debbie- thing.
0: <laughs> Debbie asks if Samantha was here in his house, but Jake just tells her that she's hurting him and to let go. Debbie picks Jake up and pulls him out of his bed. Tom is struck with the realization, saying out loud, she's taking him away. It's not a good look because he's no. like about to be gone over with yeah. the he's like, and he's like, I gotta go. <laughs> it's like, what were you trying yeah, to bring like, it looked real, it looked real bad. <laughs> He pushes past the crowd behind him as Debbie carries an angry Jake downstairs and out of the house. It's funny because Jake's like, put me down. Let me go. But he's like, not moving no. at
2: all. <laughs> in, in fact, he holds onto her yeah. neck. Yeah. <laughs> so if I hold here, I probably won't fall. It's like, well, but you're trying to get away. So... <laughs>
0: Maggie runs after Tom, but he's fucking knees to chest all the way back home where he finds the front door open. He runs inside yelling for his son and we see the lights turn on one by one. Maggie finally catches up and Tom runs outside saying that the babysitter took Jake. (laughs) That video said that in the novel, this happens. Yeah. And he's like the babysitters, you know, kidnapping him. She's taking him away. And so they get to the house and they're they like catch her she's running down the road with him but she was just literally kidnapping him oh. <laughs> <Like> it has, <laughs> it has nothing to do with the, <laughs> with the supernatural no. what the
2: fuck <laughs> it's just a side plot yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well this works better
0: it does, oh yeah 100% <laughs> Maggie tries to run inside, but Tom stops her, saying that Jake isn't in there. He takes off running, and when Maggie asks where he's going, he truthfully tells her that he doesn't know, and she runs after him. He pauses at an intersection, and when he turns left, all the cars turn red and buzz, so he runs in that direction (laughs) and just... Generally uses that Spidey sense to take him to a train station.
2: (laughs) I literally wrote in my notes, I said, Is he Daredevil? (laughs) Because that's like, it's ridiculous. It was
0: the pause, and he's like, This way? No, it's this way. The red's like, No, here. (laughs) But inside the train station, Tom sees a buzzing sign that reads, Boarding Now. And right next to it is Debbie holding Jake. Jake calls out to him, but Debbie backs away, still holding him. Tom snatches his son away from her and Debbie breaks down, sobbing and telling Tom to just tell her where she is. A woman played by Lisa Lewis calls behind the counter for them to leave Debbie alone before joining her side. Two cops played by Mike Baccarella and Christian Stolte come over and Maggie tells them that Debbie kidnapped her son, which she did. (laughs) Yeah, she did. (laughs) She did. One of the cops asks Debbie if Jake is her son, but she pleads with him to just ask them about Samantha Debbie finally tearfully admits that Jake is not hers, and the cop reminds her that what she's done is a felony. Tom asks where she was taking Jake, but she says that she wasn't taking him anywhere. Tom points out that they're in a train station, but the woman finally says that Debbie only came to see her. She's her mother. After
2: learning that, Debbie could have called her and said hey i'm here (laughs) yeah i'm at this house she's like no you need to lay eyes on this (laughs) one because he's telling some whoppers he's
0: the most unprofessional take my kid over here man (laughs) still crying debbie tells them again to ask about samantha but the cop is like who Debbie's mother explains that Samantha is her oldest daughter that ran away six months ago, but Debbie says that Samantha didn't run away. She was kidnapped and Jake says that he saw her. Debbie's mother says that they filed a police report and there's an open investigation, but no one will return their calls. Debbie takes out a picture of Samantha saying again that Jake told her he sees her all the time, his house, <laughs> <laughs> which he did. Yeah. Yeah. She thrusts the picture toward Tom and Maggie. The cop asks them to just take a look at it. Maggie looks down at the picture and says that she's never seen Samantha before in her life. But Tom looks down at it and next to Debbie in a puffy orange coat is the girl that Tom saw on his couch. He's like, no, I've never seen her.
2: (laughs) Especially not psychically. Yeah, Yeah. not at
0: all. Debbie breaks down, saying that they're lying. The cops ask if they want to press charges, and Maggie says yes, but at the same time, Tom says no. This, Tom looks suspicious as Yeah, bad. yeah.
2: Like, constantly. He's like, we don't need them poking around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, hold on, hold on now. Like, yeah, what, <laughs> what? We're going to need to talk a little more. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Maggie is shocked by this, but Tom says for them to just go home and forget about it. Literally right around the corner, (laughs) Tom tells Maggie that the girl in the picture was the girl that he saw. He asks Maggie why she thought of Debbie to babysit for them. When she realizes that it was Jake that brought her up, they both pause. Again, I appreciated him being like, that was the girl that I saw. Yes. And not being like, well, I'll I'll, I'll figure it out myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
2: These next couple of moments actually... Help the film for me. Yeah. Because a lot of times it would be that of him just going out on his own. He right. goes to the library and goes through the microfiche. Yeah, yeah. But Which he's like telling is, her. This is yeah. missing a yeah.
0: microfiche thing. Yeah. Which,
2: <laughs> So that's your one complaint. It does yeah. hurt it a little <laughs> bit. But. I
1: thought it was funny because they are, they're talking right there and the cops like right behind he him is. looking oh, no, at he's, him. He's <laughs> Yeah, right
2: there. Yeah. That doesn't look suspicious. Not no. At all. Oh.
0: Back at home, Maggie and Tom stand over Jake while he hums to himself and plays with his toys. Maggie asks if he remembers in the kitchen when he told her that Samantha told him about Debbie, but Jake ignores her and continues to play. Tom asks him to answer, but Jake doesn't. Maggie asks him if Samantha talks to him sometimes. When he doesn't answer, she starts to ask something else, but he interrupts her. He says, don't ask the boy any more questions. His voice morphs deeper and distorted as he finishes, Talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you were yeah, going <laughs> to. I was like, wondering <laughs> if I was going to do it too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but so then you did hear him having the conversation at breakfast. Yes, you did. Yeah.
0: What the fuck? She was trying to go out, dude. Uh, like, uh, uh, She's uh, uh, really uh, focused.
2: She's got her priorities. <laughs> Come on, though.
0: <laughs> I my thing is
2: this. Okay, this little moment it is very good for like uh, just uh, just for the horror moment that it is no yeah but in the grand scheme of things <laughs> it makes no fucking sense
0: well <laughs> the only the only thing that i can think of to save it because before we started recording off mic i told both of y'all that while I won't defend this film to the death, I will defend it to the very injured. <laughs> I've only got one thing that could po- possibly explain it. Right. Hmm. But we'll get to it later. Oh,
2: okay. It is funny, though, because uh, Tom is like, what did you say? Yeah. And I yeah. swear to God, I thought he was going to say, I said, talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't
3: I you hope yeah. <laughs> I was like,
2: okay, this movie <laughs> doesn't hold up like That was thought. a point. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But Tom does come down to him, asking what he said, but Jake doesn't seem to know what he's talking about. Tom keeps asking him to do the voice again, despite Maggie trying to get him to stop. He doesn't stop, and Maggie finally gets fed up, scooping Jake away and taking him downstairs.
2: With Maggie attempting to get him to stop. Yeah. Did she not hear that?
0: I think she's scared. Yeah. The, he's like do it again no, do it yeah. again <laughs> come on do yeah. it again do the like, voice. I'll, I'll give you oreos <laughs> like, whatever you want you but, want bug pajamas
2: you bug it. you're swimming in bug <laughs> pajamas every color of the rainbow whatever the fuck you want um <laughs> but <laughs> i think my thing is like even if you're even if you're scared right if one of your kids does something like that you got to get to the bottom of it. That's, yeah. that's a bigger deal than, all right, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. No, that's the scariest thing. Maybe we should all go to happened. bed yeah.
0: <laughs> with our door locked. <laughs> but Tom follows them, saying he was just trying to talk to his son. Tom says, don't be afraid. And Maggie balks at this, but Tom says that that's what Jake told him. He follows Jake to the couch, telling him that this is where he saw Samantha. He describes her asking if that's how Jake sees her. Maggie continues in the background telling him to stop until he snaps at her and she angrily leaves before coming right back. Tom continues asking Jake questions if he only hears her or if he can see her. Maggie starts again telling him that he's scaring Jake. (laughs) She's like, Lisa, you're scaring your mother. (laughs) (laughs) Tom says that he keeps trying to figure out a way to make her come back jake continues to stare as maggie and tom talk at the same time tom claps in jake's face raising his voice and is like hey what's your problem yeah. like, it's, t- it's too much yeah. it's
2: too much but jake hasn't answered at all
0: well, yeah th- this is a lot <laughs> <laughs> maggie tells him to knock it off in a quiet voice jake tells tom that he doesn't want to talk about this because it scares his mom but
1: you just did some scary shit a minute ago, exactly. dude. And yeah, you did. See, <laughs> <laughs> you did. I think that's,
2: <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Like, he never had to do that deep voice thing. Yeah. But he did anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was that testing the waters to see if they were both cool He's with like, it? Too far, yeah. too far, too far. I get it. I yeah. won't do it again. Well, daddy's open-minded. <laughs> yeah, well, we know that. Yeah, I that's, <laughs> yeah, we can. I
0: won't do it with mom around. <laughs> Got it. Later in their bed, Maggie lays there awake with Jake sleeping next to her downstairs tom tries to repeat his actions the night that samantha appeared to him but it doesn't work we cut to a block party where stay alive by dishwalla plays lisa and maggie walk together and lisa is just talking mad shit about tom (laughs) pointing out sarcastically there's she's like yeah nothing wrong with that guy nothing at all maggie starts to cry and stops walking so lisa comes back and apologizes to her Somewhere else at the party, Harry is talking about buying these properties and becoming a landlord after he got out of the military. Tom approaches him. The way that the camera goes to Tom was was fucking hilarious to me. And it's like, hey, you guys know about Samantha Kozak? You don't start a conversation yeah. like that.
2: <laughs> he hasn't talked to them all day. Yeah. And then he's so, popping was, pills and like you know, it's yeah. a lot. It's it a lot. It looks horrible. What are these pills, by the way?
0: He was taking them when he had a headache, so I don't know. But he's eating them like candy. He's he's taking a lot of them. (laughs) He asked about Samantha Kozak. Harry says the name sounds familiar, so Tom describes her, dark hair, 16 or 17 years old. Harry is stumped, but he calls over his son, Kurt, played by Steve Rifkin. He asks if Kurt knew the Kozak girl, and Kurt assumes that he means Debbie, but Lenny's fucking ass slides over uh, saying that Samantha ran away and calling her the R word. Normally, like this comes up later. I um, I omitted that completely. And then something happens. And I was like, no, I got to acknowledge that he said that. It's, yeah, because It's it, gross. It becomes yeah. important. Yeah. But Harry remembers now and asks Tom, what about her? Tom pops some pills. Yeah. And is like, oh, I've just been thinking about her a lot. Yeah. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about?
2: That's the worst thing he could have said.
0: But he 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 kind of cleans it up when he says that it's because Debbie babysat for them. Yeah. But the whole thing is really weird.
3: It is.
0: (laughs) But back with Lisa and Maggie. Maggie tells her that this is the first time they've left the house in a week. Tom hasn't even been going into work and he's been sleeping like 12 hours a night. She said he's used up all his sick days and his pay is about to be docked. She also says that she can't get him to move more than six feet from the couch because that's where Samantha appeared to him lisa says that she's not surprised by the fact that there's another woman but is given pause by the fact that she's dead
2: i don't like that <laughs> that's very cruel to say
0: yeah it's <laughs> kind of your fault no it's oh, 100%. well that's yeah, that's yeah that is true but she's like yeah no i always figured he'd cheat on you yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's unbelievable
0: but maggie looks surprised by this and lisa's like we are talking about a ghost here right Back with Tom, Lenny says that Samantha took off last March with a black guy. I was like, oh my God, I shut the fuck up. Yeah. Now I know why nobody wanted you at that party. You're yeah. racist.
2: You're fucking disgusting. disgusting.
0: But Tom interrupts, asking if Samantha ever lived in his house. But Harry says no. He just bought it and Tom's family is the first to live there. Maggie continues to confide in Lisa, saying it's like Tom and Jake have a secret club. They sit on the couch, whispering to each other, but get quiet the second she walks in the room. Well, you failed the vibe check, Maggie. I
2: don't don't know what to tell you. That's your (laughs) bad.
0: Lisa recommends Maggie find a young, handsome priest to guide her through this.
2: That's a a reference to The Exorcist. Well, yeah. Yeah. Which I was like, all right, cool.
0: (laughs) She finally gets serious and said that she gives them a lot of shit. But her and Tom are the best couple. She tells Maggie that it's up to her now. All of this is happening for a reason. And she needs to find out what that reason is, which is solid advice it
2: is but you were just saying that you assumed he was cheating yeah, yeah and but you did this
0: she did
1: once again yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: it's like but you guys figure it out she yeah, did. I, that,
1: yeah. What the f- I don't want no <laughs> yeah, part guess, of
2: this no nope. i uh,
1: guess she could have offered now <laughs> yeah well,
2: maybe she knows more about this than anyone <laughs> yeah yes I thank mean, you she's
0: like fuck you guys got a lot of work ahead yeah. of you <laughs> 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 don't envy that But she says that Maggie won't be the first woman to have to hold an insane family together. Maggie insists that Tom isn't crazy, but Lisa says that he is and he's finally getting interesting. Frank comes over to Tom and them with his son, Adam, played by Shallon Williams. He goes on and on about Adam's football accomplishments, but Tom interrupts. He's like, hey, what do you know about Samantha? (laughs) He
2: needs to chill. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Harry reminds Frank, the girl that ran away, Lenny calls her the R word again, and surprisingly, Frank tells him not to use that word. When Lenny says it again, Frank goes over there like he's going to kick his ass.
2: I was like, fuck him up, Frank. Yeah. I know.
0: I, Frank is like, I have not liked Frank at all no. in this film. No, he's- But this, I was like, okay, Frank.
2: Yeah. He's uh, He's got a lot of sides. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I guess. He's a, com- <laughs> it's a complicated cat. <laughs> But this starts a fucking fight in the street. Yeah. And Sheila laments that it can't ever just be nice. Somebody's got to ruin it. In the next scene, Tom wakes up on the couch. He pulls one boot on, but has to go searching under the couch for the second one. He heads upstairs and finds a note from Maggie on the mirror that she took Jake to the park. He heads back downstairs to find Frank standing in his living room. He asks what he's doing here. And Frank solemnly says, they were going to kill you, Tommy you and Maggie both before walking past him and out the front door. Tom follows him outside to find him sitting on the front step. He asks Frank why he would say something like that. And Frank says, this is a decent neighborhood. Tom asks if he's okay and where Sheila is, but Frank doesn't seem to hear him. Tom's like, I'm going to go see if Sheila's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's
2: like someone needs to come get you. Literally. Yeah.
0: He walks down the street, passing a dog and a fence, a mail carrier delivering mail, and heads up the steps to Frank's house. He knocks on the door, and Adam opens it and tells him to come inside. Tom goes in and asks if Sheila's home, but Adam interrupts him. He stands with his hand behind his back and asks Tom if he'd like to see what he's got. Tom's like sure (laughs) (laughs) it's like your dad's kind of having a a moment over there we'll do show
2: and tell later (laughs) come get your pops
0: (laughs) but adam pulls a gun out from behind his back tom is clearly uncomfortable but tries to play it cool asking if that's one of frank's guns adam says it's not today and tells him to come here Tom tells Adam to put the gun away because they make him nervous, but Adam says, oh, then this will make you really nervous. Yeah. He's like, you're right.
2: Yeah. You're right. I, it was just one of those, he's like, if you think that's yeah. bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my
0: God. He points the gun at Tom before turning it on himself and firing into his side. Smiling, he rubs blood all over his face as Tom screams. It, right. was, it was a lot. It was, yeah. a, I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. It was a lot. <laughs>
2: I was actually I'll concede. I, <laughs> the gunshot was shocking enough. Yeah. Very shocking. When he's like bathing in it. Yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, this might yeah. be Yeah. I'm like you really... want to see something really <laughs>
0: scary? <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, you delivered.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But Tom wakes up in Jared's apartment. No, he, <laughs> <laughs> he wakes up on his couch. He sits up and reaches for his boots, but there's only one there. He pleads with the second boot to not be under the couch, but that's exactly where it is. <laughs>
2: I, I have to call it out yeah. because the second he sees the boot he goes, oh boy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> just stay home then. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just stay home. <laughs> nope. I'm about to have a really
0: fun yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> it seems cartoony. Yeah. <laughs> <Golf>? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're down here, the news yeah. is- <laughs> <laughs> He heads upstairs to find the same note from Maggie that she took Jake to the park. He goes downstairs, but Frank isn't there. And when Tom goes outside, Frank isn't sitting on the stoop either. He walks down the street, seeing the same dog behind the fence, the same mail carrier delivering mail to the same house. He hesitates for a moment, watching her enter the yard with the dog. But just as he starts to rush toward Frank's house, he hears a gunshot.
2: In all fairness, he stares too long at that dog. Yeah. yeah. And he misses his window. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> by the least threatening thing that happened yeah. in his dream. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, that dog is still a dog. What yeah. breed is that dog? <laughs> Bang! Like, oh!
0: that, dog, that dog's kind of cute. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we should get a dog. Jay should have a dog.
0: <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm, uh, I'm on a mission. I'm late. I'm late. <laughs> he pleads with Adam to open the door, but it's locked. After peeking through the front window, he picks up a chair on the porch and breaks it. He climbs inside the house to find Adam unresponsive on the floor. He presses his hands into Adam's chest and blood begins to leak onto them. He's like, <laughs> this was a, a kind of a lot because he's like, am I awake or am I asleep? <laughs> <Yeah>. Help!
2: <laughs> I, I want you to think about it for a second because it makes perfect sense. This is a nod to Rosemary's baby.
0: Oh, this is no dream. Exactly. Yes. Okay,
2: right. yeah. But it was a lot. Yeah, <laughs> But it was a lot in both films. Yeah. yeah, it was. So there, there's that.
0: But he does scream for help. He does. A car pulls up outside as Adam is being loaded into an ambulance. Sheila and Frank rush out and have to be restrained by police and paramedics. They're understandably hysterical. Mm-hmm. Kurt runs over and watches Maggie, Tom and Jake watch until Maggie decides <laughs> that she should probably take Jake for a walk. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, I'd say so. I did want to say very quickly, um, whenever the first actual dream sequence started, mm-hmm. it felt wrong from the start. The second he wakes up and he sees that note, I'm like, something weird's yeah. going on. Yeah. But I did want to call out their attention to detail in recreating those shots, but in reality. Yeah. With those different reactions, because he's experiencing yeah. it again, again. Yeah. I thought that sequence was great. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's because like he doesn't want it to be there, but yeah. I mean, it's, it's really yeah. good. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 So we cut to Maggie and Jake walking along, Jake doing things like spinning or jumping jacks and Maggie repeating them. Jake says, well, hello there. And Maggie repeats it, but pauses when she notices that they're outside of a cemetery. Bagpipes begin to play and Jake, propelled by the beautiful music, runs into the cemetery. He walks up on an officer's funeral. The other officers stand saluting the casket, but one, played by Eddie Bowsmith Jr., turns to Jake and gives him a little wave. Maggie finally catches up to her son and says that she doesn't think they're supposed to be here. She takes his hand and they walk away. Jake runs deeper into the cemetery, calling it cool. Maggie trails behind him and behind her. The funeral disbands and the officer starts walking toward them. Maggie becomes uneasy, telling Jake that they should leave.
2: Well, the way they frame the officer walking towards them. He looks menacing. Yeah, he's yeah. like fucking Michael Myers. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a lot.
1: It is cool, but who'd you say hi to? Like, who would like, I right Oh, yeah. shit. See,
2: she doesn't ask any yeah. questions. Yeah. Like, right. Ask who? one yeah. question.
0: Yeah. <laughs> one. One. Yeah. Just one. Just
2: one. That's all it takes.
0: But when Jake stoops to inspect one of the headstones, Maggie joins him. The officer comes around the corner and Maggie stands defensively. She asks if they're not supposed to be here, but he assures her that it's fine. She tries to brush him off, but he mentions that Jake's got the eyes on him x ray.
2: He says, Your boy, he shines. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. So, okay, here's the thing. Okay. When I'm watching this, I'm like, Oh my God, this is literally the shining, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking about it and I was like, But Matheson wrote this book in 1958. So maybe Ew. The Shining is oh, a little bit of, right. of a stir of echoes. Yeah. But then I read that in the book, Jake's name is Richard, and he's like three. And it's like lightly implied that he might be seeing things too, but it's not explicit like this. So okay. I'm like, no, uh, this is the shiny.
2: No, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe I should read it and find out yeah, for sure. So yeah. But wait I'm like, maybe not.
2: The little boy in the novel's name is Richard yeah. and the author's name is He's Richard. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> is he the little boy? I guess yeah. so. I guess so. <laughs>
0: it was an autobiography, I mm, think. No, sh- <laughs> Man, he had some
2: fucked up shit <laughs> <laughs> happening.
0: Some fucked up shit. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a direct quote. <laughs> but this makes Maggie stop and take notice. The cop takes a step forward, remarking that Maggie doesn't have the eyes, but maybe Jake's daddy does. Maggie nods, speechless. He assures her that they're not the only ones. He writes down his address to give to Maggie, telling her to tell Tom to come and see him tonight so he can learn a few things. He ruffles Jake's hair, telling him, bye, Jake. The score begins to play, and Jake smiles up at him. The cop begins to leave, but Jake calls out, bye, scat man, Crothers. (laughs) 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 No, Jake says, bye, Neil.
2: I thought he was going to say, see you later, doc.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maggie looks at Jake, astonished, but Jake simply explains, his name is Neil. Yeah, but (laughs) (laughs) But how, though? yeah
1: yeah how do you know that and how did he know your name yeah they got they got the thing but
2: the thing but is say that but Maggie's just yeah. like wow
0: this is wild yeah, yeah.
2: and then doesn't do anything nope. about it like ask the kid that's all i'm yeah. asking one one question yeah
0: <laughs> well when she did ask one question things got a little weird so maybe (laughs) that is true well
2: but that was all because of her reaction to it yeah they she could be whispering on the couch with them if she would have she could yeah handled that better you really blew it Mm -hmm. first impressions
0: (laughs) (laughs) back at home jake sits coloring while tom tries to pluck out a rhythm on his guitar Shaking his head like (laughs) this motherfucker. (laughs) Jake goes over to him and repositions Tom's fingers. He plucks two notes and tells him to try that before sitting back down to color. Tom plays the rhythm and asks where he knows that song. Maggie comes down and says that she'll be home right after the movie, but fucking no one acknowledges her.
2: That was too much. She repeats
0: herself, but it's the same. Jake continues to draw and Tom continues to ponder over the song. She finally tells herself bye from both of them and starts to leave. She pauses, though, to take a knife to arm herself with before going out the door. We cut to her walking down an unfamiliar street, completely lost. She stops at a shop called The Third Eye. She looks back at a door that was empty a second ago, but now a woman played by Hyo Wan K. Wu stands there eating. Maggie asks if she's in the right spot, describing Neil as the person that she's looking for. The woman doesn't speak English, but tells her something in Korean and points down the alley that Maggie just passed.
2: They said that they had her run around the camera to do that. I wasn't sure why they made it look so like she just appeared there. Yeah, yeah. but they did. I
0: and it's even this is all unsettling. Yeah. yeah,
2: it's even weirder because Maggie doesn't have any kind of powers. No. So why is this happening?
0: No, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. She was eating too. Yeah, she <laughs> looks super cash. Like
2: she's been there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So Maggie heads down the alley, startled by someone chaotically running up some stairs next to her. I don't know why they felt the need to do that. <laughs> but when she comes to a door, she knocks on it and an elderly man played by James Andelin, answers. She tells him that she wants to see Neil and he looks her up and down before telling her to wait here and heading inside. He goes inside and he's like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> 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 but finally, Neil comes to the door. He is not happy to see her. Telling her that he said to send Jake's father, she tells him that Tom would have never come, and he's so paranoid that he would kill her if she knew he was talking to him about this. I don't understand yeah, this. Yeah, I
1: I don't think. I at feel all. like
0: if she was like, oh, we met this man. Yep. He knew Jake's name. He mm-hmm. knew that you could. Tom would have mm-hmm. fucking jumped on it. He's so desperate. Yeah. To see the ghost again, like I don't, I do not see Tom. Not coming to this or being mad at her. (laughs) Yeah,
2: no shit. (laughs) To to murder her. Yes. On commentary, Kepp said that in the original script, he was the one that went. And he did have the conversation with him and figured out like a lot of stuff out. I wonder
0: why they changed it. I don't know.
2: I think he said something along the lines of it was he wanted to keep Tom in the dark for longer.
0: But he's not in the dark. He's seen. He literally saw a a full body. (laughs) That's
2: the goal of every. Yeah. (laughs) So I mean I don't know. And it I'm well, but then also it gives Maggie something to do.
0: It does. I I guess I don't. I mean, okay.
2: I mean I'm going to be flat honest with you. Uh, I I think the writing writing in this section is really really good. Right. But I think plot wise the inclusion of this is really weak.
0: Well, cause it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't, it doesn't go anywhere. No. Yeah. I thought
2: he was going to be like a bigger. Yeah. Something.
0: But someone inside the room yells at Neil to close the fucking door. And Neil says that they're paranoid too. And he can't let her inside. Maggie asks who they are. And the person inside yells that this isn't a freak show and tells Neil to close the door again. Maggie tells Neil that her husband is losing his mind and she doesn't know why, but she thinks that Neil does. She says that he can tell her what he knows, but he can't tell her to go away because she's not going to. The angry person inside starts toward the door and <laughs> Neil's like, all right, let's go. Let's go
2: I read that was played by the producer of the film.
0: Oh, that's cool. <laughs> He's like, I told him to shut the fucking yeah. door. <laughs> Neil asks how long Tom has had it and Maggie says a few days. He asks what happened. Did a child die? Did he get in a car accident? Did he kill someone? But Maggie says no, he was hypnotized. She asks if that's what started it, but Neil says that it comes and goes. Some people have it for five seconds. Some people have it for their whole lives. He says that Tom is a receiver now and everything is just coming in, but he doesn't understand it and he can't stop it. He's in a tunnel with a flashlight that only comes on every once in a while, enough to get a glimpse and know that it's there, but not what it is. Maggie brings up Jake, but Neil tells her that he has a much better flashlight. He asks if Tom knows what the ghost wants. Maggie says that she didn't ask for anything, but Neil says that Tom just wasn't listening. She wants something and now she's waiting for it. If Tom doesn't do it, she will never go away. So this about jake having a better flashlight mm-hmm. is the only yeah. thing i can think of to explain
2: it doesn't work for me
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> now if, if he has a better flashlight then he can help to illuminate his father but yeah. he's not like talk to me <laughs> there is no Maybe need he's for just that more
0: susceptible to like to being and for yeah. that, that for that to be yeah. samantha
2: doesn't make any sense either right <laughs> 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 i just didn't like it was that at a all scary moment, it, was, it was a good moment yeah but
1: i don't i don't mind it because it does it for me at least and uh, that's why jake is able to talk to her more clearly right then because tom couldn't even right, understand yeah, her. tom didn't even know what the fuck was going on until after the hypnotism mm-hmm the the only thing for me and I I don't mind this. I wish that Tom would have been the one to come. Yes. The only thing that, that and I'll I'll bring it back up later is that she's being told what's going on right now. For sure. Absolutely. She, Everything's yes. being laid out. You know what's happening. Now
2: keep that in mind for later. Yes. But yeah. <laughs> specifically Neil telling her that she's asking for something. Yes. That's very yes. important. It's not,
0: yes. it's not important at all. No. <laughs>
2: But <laughs> I did want to, because I had said earlier, commend. I love the description with the flashlight. Yes. Yeah, that's great writing. Yeah. But I just want Neil to mean more.
0: Yeah, I, I no, will agree yeah. with that for sure. But back at the house, Jake is watching the mummy shroud like he is not supposed to be. <laughs> Maggie runs herself a bath. But when the water's too hot, she turns on the cold water. She hears the woman in the movie scream and comes in to turn it off. Jake pleads for five more minutes, but she says no. She quickly changes the channel and asks Jake if he'll be okay for 10 minutes while she takes a bath. Jake is just pissed that she (laughs) turned it off before it got to the best part. Maggie goes back into the bathroom and goes into the medicine cabinet. She closes the door and in the mirror, Samantha stands behind her by the tub. Maggie can't see her though. She checks her reflection and when she steps back from the mirror, Samantha is gone. Did anybody think of 13 Ghosts?
2: Very yeah. fair, that is a very fair yeah. point. I mean. I was more along the lines of, because to me I thought, you know, the, that's that's a very kind of overused trope. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did think because the music cue hits before you see Samantha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I was like, well that's kind of weak, but I'm realizing that the point of that shot wasn't for the scare, it was for her to disappear. Yeah. yeah. Which is even scarier. Yeah.
0: So I was like, all right. <laughs> I'll
2: allow it. Fair point, <laughs> good job, good job. <laughs>
0: But downstairs, Tom searches through his CDs to find that song that's been in his head. Upstairs, we see the water steaming in the tub as Maggie gets undressed. Samantha sits, running her hand in the water, and when Maggie dips her toe in, she finds the water to be freezing. Jake watches a kids' show, which is arguably more frightening. Yeah. <laughs> so, can we put than than the, the mummy mommy back? Movie? Off? <laughs>
2: i'm asking yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but samantha appears on the screen and turns to him he tells her that he doesn't want to talk right now and the channel changes to night of the living dead
2: yeah <laughs> see so
0: why is samantha doing <laughs> this she's asking for something and they're not giving yeah. it to her
2: so let's scare the shit out of this kid well, well yeah okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were talk both on
0: board right? <laughs> Jake is annoyed and switches it back to what appears to be puppets playing instruments and twerking on stage. All right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what this was.
2: The 90s were.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> it's probably some like beloved yeah, show. I in I They're going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but downstairs, Tom is shuffling through tracks with headphones on. Maggie comes down and tells him that the pilot light blew out on the water heater and asks Tom to go light it for her. He can't hear it with his headphones on, so she passively aggressively says it should just go light it herself. But, like, he has headphones on. He can't hear. Yeah, you. yeah that's. That, they that, were that, ignoring you earlier. Yeah. So that, that was fucked up.
2: This one's not his fault, I'll say. Yeah. yeah. One thing I will say, though, is uh, once we learn what it is, it is very funny to see him search this hard. Yeah. Yes. He, it's yeah. <laughs> only one of the most recognizable. <laughs> <laughs> I know he didn't have Shazam or whatever, but, dude. Yeah. You're a musician. you got to. I mean, come on.
0: But she moves a rug on the kitchen floor, revealing a door to the basement. She climbs down. And when she turns on the light, a single bulb hanging from the ceiling, it illuminates Samantha. Maggie walks right past her, still unable to see. Upstairs, Jake is still watching the creepy ass kids show when it switches (laughs) back to Night of the Living Dead. He tells her that he said no before using the remote to change it back. Tom is still listening to music as Maggie strikes a match. She leans in to light the pilot, but it's already lit. Samantha wraps her hand around the light bulb and the basement goes dark. Maggie just remarks, bummer, before standing up and hitting her head. I would be so fucking scared. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, we wouldn't have a heater
1: anymore. No, that's fine.
0: And you know, like, you were just saying after her talking with Neil, you know that there's a ghost in the (laughs) house. (laughs) That's (laughs) true. Like, that is a fact at this point. What the fuck?
2: Yeah, that is true. I'm
0: horrified. I'm not even taking a bath in there by myself. Yeah, no. No.
2: I also thought that the fact that it was lit should be worrisome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's oh, just yeah. like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> she also, cares more about her hitting her head.
0: Also, the the tub was so hot she couldn't stand to be in it. Yeah.
2: And then suddenly. Yeah. yeah. She's
0: like, oh, the... the uh, that... Maggie. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> but upstairs, the TV switches back to Night of the Living Dead. Jake tries to change it back with the remote, but it's no use. He walks up to the TV and presses the buttons, but that doesn't work either. As a last resort, he pulls the plug from the wall. He stands there holding the plug in his hand, but the film still plays on the screen. It's getting down to the nitty gritty of it, too. Like shit's <laughs> yeah. going down. Yeah,
2: they were organs and
0: Yeah. Jake shakes his head in fear and disbelief.
2: So the thing I use to kind of excuse that away because it's it's kind of, I mean, doesn't necessarily fit in with what I think Samantha would be doing. Right she also didn't she control the static earlier with uh tom and the tv or am i making that up
0: um maybe i thought that this yeah maybe because
2: i'm like maybe she's just this is just part of it yeah yeah you know i mean i don't know because Otherwise, this just feels very out of character for this ghost. For yeah. me, I
0: feel like she's getting frustrated because she's calling out for help. She brought her fucking sister to the house. Still, nobody's nobody's listening to her. But
2: I have the power to keep the TV on when it's unplugged.
0: I'm gonna scare you with my living dead. what <laughs> yeah. you fucking do what I'm asking you to do. But what do you not understand?
2: <laughs> but you're
1: talking to Jake. Just tell him.
2: Yeah, he's the only one that has been listening. Yeah, you know, don't it's glare harder- at him through his favorite. Scary TV yeah, show. Know.
0: It's harder yeah. for some people to communicate than others. She's been doing a pretty yeah.
2: <laughs> damn
0: good right. job. She's like, hey, call Debbie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tom is still listening to music downstairs. But when he looks up, he's surprised to see his house. But in the stages of remodel, there's plastic over the windows, no furniture. And the front door is open. The air is so cold that Tom can see his breath. His headphones and CD player are gone now. He gets up and finds Samantha's orange furry coat by the fireplace. As Maggie climbs up from the basement, bleeding from where she hit her head, Tom looks up to see Samantha standing by the front door. She turns to look at him before starting toward him. Her movements are jerky and unnatural.
2: So they shot her at six frames per second, mm-hmm. and they kind of had her act these things out very slowly. Yeah. And so whenever it comes time for it to be seen in the film, it gives those jerky. Uh, it's fucking right, scary. Right. It yeah. is, when I was a kid, I was yes. like. <laughs> yeah.
0: I can't handle this. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> Samantha, please. <laughs> With bracelets on her wrist, she reaches for him and he extends his hand to her. He hovers his hand over hers as she moves her finger and suddenly the air is pushed out of Tom. Maggie comes into the (laughs) living room to see Tom in that position, standing strangely by the front door with his hand extended out to nothing that Maggie can see.
2: I thought she was going to be like, are you falling in love with that (laughs) ghost? Are you fucking that ghost right now? I knew it. God damn it, I knew it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tom is still seeing Samantha in front of him and when Maggie comes and grabs his face, pleading with him to breathe... The illusion disappears and Tom takes in a desperate breath before collapsing to the floor. He asks Maggie if she saw her and that she's here. He clutches onto his wife as she looks around confused outside Debbie nails a missing person poster with Samantha's picture on it to a post.
2: So again, something that was already hinted at Yeah. earlier. I do. I know we joked about her doing the whole like, are you banging that ghost? Yeah. yeah. But the shot of him with his arm out. Yeah, that is, I, I love it so much. Like, there's something so haunting about it. It's scary. Yeah.
1: I I see that. The house is haunted. We got to move. Let's go. Right. Yeah.
0: Like, Like, this
1: is proof. (laughs) Yeah. And then what you know already. Exactly.
0: We cut to Tom barging into Lisa's apartment, asking her to close whatever door she left open because he wants it all out. Lisa sarcastically tells him to come on in and introduces him to her friend Clarita, played by Rosario Varela, who sits on the couch. This is David Kep's wife. <laughs> Isn't that cool? I love oh, it. Oh, yeah. I love it. But anyway, Tom basically asks if Clarita can leave. Lisa asks her in Spanish, explaining that Tom is a little crazy. Clarita's like, now? Lisa apologetically says yes. And she's annoyed, but Clarita gathers her things and leaves.
2: And Tom with the worst Spanish. Yeah. Oh, Gracias. No, yeah.
0: He's doing his best. <laughs> well, get on Duolingo. It's just not that great. <laughs> with her gone lisa sits down and asks tom to bear with her right before he got here she and clarita got high so this is really <laughs> blowing her mind to extra <laughs> yeah it's
1: gonna kill your high
2: shit <laughs> god damn
0: tom demands that she listen to him he tells her to shut the door in his brain now and she assures him that she can do that they sit across from each other and lisa calmly gives him the same instructions to calm down as before She asks if he can see anything behind his eyelids and he just tells her to get to it. I would. She did a great job last time. She did. You should probably just let her do it however she wants to do it. But she tells him to just pretend that he's back in the movie theater. She gives a condensed version. The theater's dark and he's floating toward the white screen with letters on it. Tom gasps saying that someone is here. Lisa assures him that the theater is empty besides him, but we see the theater now and sitting toward the front is a woman with long, dark hair. We are drifting toward her instead of the screen. Lisa tries to calm him down, but Tom is struggling to breathe. He's like, I can't breathe. And she just <laughs> keeps going.
2: She's like, yeah, yeah. I'm on the screen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <No air>. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> But Lisa asks him to look up at the screen. Instead, though, he reaches toward the woman's shoulder. Samantha turns toward him and suddenly she's next to him, clutching at him with plastic over her face. He gets glimpses of the mid-renovation house again before coming back to the theater. Across from Lisa, he gasps for air as he fights with Samantha in the theater. He rips the plastic off, revealing her face with a tooth missing in the front of her mouth. Lisa tells him again to look up at the screen and he does. The word in thick black letters is DIG. Tom screams and runs to Lisa's fridge. He grabs a beer and gulps it down. She asks if he's okay, saying that what happened is not normal. She continues to ask questions, even saying, want a beer? As he's <laughs> chugging
2: <laughs> That line delivery is it's yeah. so good.
0: Finally, he stops drinking and after contemplating for a moment, he tells her that he's supposed to DIG. I'd
2: want to say seeing Samantha in the theater was genuinely frightening, Yeah, because this is a theater created in his mind. Yes, yeah, she's,
0: she's in there. Yes, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that, is, that was just
2: really, really cool.
0: Back at home, Maggie returns with her arms full of groceries. She comes inside and calls out hello to Tom and Jake, but no one answers her. A fax comes through and we see the beginning, Dear Maggie, I've tried to call you a few times, but you guys don't seem to be around. She goes into the kitchen and sees muddy footprints leading to the back door. As the fax finishes printing, Maggie opens the fridge to put the groceries away, but it is completely full of cartons of orange juice.
2: He's a thirsty bitch.
0: (laughs) 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 She walks outside to see multiple holes dug in the backyard. Jake is trying his best to dig as well and when she asks what he's doing he just says that his dad told him he's supposed to dig. She passes more holes and finally finds Tom shirtless wielding a pickaxe to dig deeper into the ground. She calls his name as he's about to swing, and he chuckles, saying that she scared him. (laughs) She's like, I scared you. (laughs) (laughs) She asks what he's doing, and he just repeats that he's supposed to dig. She asks who told him that, and he gives her a knowing look. She asks what Jake is doing, and he tells her that Jake is helping. As he sprays the ground to make it softer, she asks him to stop for a moment and look at her.
2: There is a hilarious moment here <laughs> because she's like, why are Because he's spraying the ground yeah. yeah, and she's like, why are you doing this? And he goes, it's to make the ground softer. <laughs> <laughs> Water makes the, I was yeah. like, dude, that is, you know, that's yes. not what she's talking yeah. about, but that's brilliant.
0: <laughs> but annoyed, he turns on her asking what exactly she doesn't understand about the fact that he's supposed to dig. He turns back to his work and she asks why. He says that he's searching. She asks for what? And he says that he doesn't think that's the question. It's pretty obvious what he's searching for, even if they don't want to admit it. He tells her that the question here is where. She looks over at Jake digging and he's like, oh, don't worry, he's fine. It's not over there.
1: <laughs> that's great. This is this is kind of where I I noticed that Maggie yeah she has no idea what's going on anymore now suddenly yeah Yeah. 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 out of nowhere you don't know that there's a ghost you don't know that your husband's mind has been open and he's more sensitive to what's going on around him. You don't know that your son talked funny and scared the shit out of you. <laughs> what the fuck? What are you, yeah, yeah. What,
2: what's happening? And even if you just take Neil's word for it. Yeah. He said everything you need to know. He yeah.
1: explained it to
2: her. He has to do something for her. Yes. And what is he doing? He's doing what she asked him to do. Yep. I. So yeah. Yeah. why are you mad? Damn it, Maggie. Why on. are you mad? Uh,
0: but Maggie says she's calling the police he laughs at her, telling her exactly what she's going to tell them. He tells her to run it by him first so that he can hear it out loud. Jake finally stops digging and looks at them pissed.
2: All I was thinking whenever he was like doing that, he's like, You think maybe we should call <laughs> the police? <press?" laughs> because he is, dude, it is Jack Torrance. It 100%. is 100%.
0: <laughs> Tom turns back to his work, but Maggie keeps going. She asks him to come inside and talk to her because he's not himself. This is it for Tom. He throws down the shovel and yells at her that this is just fucking typical. He gets out of the hole and starts toward the back door, asking what she wants of him. Does she want him to sit on the couch and drink eight or nine beers until he falls asleep and then repeat it until he grabs his chest and dies? Jake asks him to stop, but Tom says that this is the most important thing that's ever happened to him and the most important thing he's ever done in his whole stupid life, and she wants him to just stop. He t- he's like, I won't stop. He's like,
3: Look, he's dude, fucking he
1: is, yeah. losing He's <laughs> freaking out. Yeah,
2: it's, <laughs> it's too much, dude. He's scared, though. He like is, he's like, uh,
0: like, I get it, but it's like the delivery. He's panicking. Yes, yeah, this, exactly. this isn't it, Tom. We
2: talk a lot about delivery. Yeah,
0: exactly. But he says that he won't stop. Maggie calmly tells him that for the eight years that she's known him, he has never spoken to her like this. She vaguely threatens to leave if he does it again. She tells him that when he talks about how ordinary he is and his stupid life, he's really talking about their stupid life. She says that she doesn't think that it's particularly stupid. So how the fuck is she supposed to feel about that? Yeah. And she's 100%, well, yeah. one thousand <laughs> percent yes. right.
2: And I I know how this whole sequence ends, but at this moment I was like, okay, after he's like, I won't stop. I was like, holy holy fuck. Pick up Jake, (laughs) take him to your mother's. Literally. Something. Yeah. Because this is not. This is not a good environment
0: at all. But she heads inside, leaving Tom speechless, and then Jake just starts wrecking shit. Yeah, why not? I don't know.
2: He's like, I heard you say it's not over here. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Inside, Maggie sits down to read the facts. Tom comes in and pauses before getting two glasses and pouring them both some juice. He gulps his down and eyes Maggie's before finally asking if she's going to drink that. You could have <laughs> just poured yourself. Into the- <laughs> yeah,
2: She didn't ask you for that. No, no. I will say though, after that, I think we'd be friends again. That was, it's like, all right. <laughs> yeah,
0: that was funny. She-, <laughs> <laughs> she looks up at him before returning to the facts and he drinks her drink. He apologizes badly and then asks who the facts is from She says it's from her brother, Steve. Their grandmother is going back to the hospital. Tom says, no, she, (sighs) but he stops himself. Maggie asks him what, but Tom says nothing. The phone rings and they both seem to know what the news is before she answers it. Maggie asks him again what it is and Tom just fucking walks outside. Yeah. She answers the phone and it's Steve. He interrupts her and delivers news. Maggie asks, she did? Tom waits outside and consoles Maggie as soon as she walks out. She tells him that he already knew, and he just asks when the funeral is. She says that it's Sunday and they need to leave as soon as they can. And Tom's like, Ooh. "Oh, <laughs> you want you wanted me to go with you <laughs> this Sunday?" <laughs> He's like, "Remember that whole most important thing in my whole stupid life." <laughs> but she pushes him saying that her grandmother practically raised her of course she wants him to go with her to her funeral he says he's kind of in the middle of something <laughs> <laughs> and maggie goes back inside slamming the door hard enough to shatter the glass tom looks at his warped reflection and we cut to him waving goodbye to jake in the back seat as he and maggie leave
1: but see this is this is what i'm saying like i I understand the grandma thing and all that, why she would be upset. Mm-hmm. But you know that he can't leave. You know he's he, freaking you're like, out. He is in the yeah. middle. Yeah, of the- yeah, he is. You know that. Why are you acting like you don't see the whole backyard torn the fuck up? <laughs> Like you Do you know really it- think
0: Tom's just gonna sit there at the funeral yeah. and, and behave? Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Honestly, if he goes, it's just gonna cause a situation. Yes. He's gonna see her there he's gonna something. Yeah. Something bad is gonna happen. Yeah. Cause she's like, You're not even at the house anymore? Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's even
2: bigger, dude. Yeah. Pissing <laughs> her
0: off even more. <laughs> Tom continues to dig in the yard, but when the hose won't reach the new hole, he disconnects it and hooks it up to a closer spigot. He tries to turn on the hose, and when no water comes out, Tom is livid. He stomps toward the house, complaining that he's paying $800 a month for a house with no water. I was like, $800? $800?
1: Yeah, I cried a little bit. I, I was like, damn. Yeah. I oh. pay more than
0: that for my fucking apartment. Yeah. <laughs> it's a two-story townhouse. No That, sure. that hurt. Oh, <laughs> but he stops to kick a bucket, which flies up and breaks the second story window before he heads inside.
1: No, he's mad, man. He, oh, yeah. They said this was
0: another happy accident. That oh, wasn't suppo- okay, yeah. It wasn't supposed to break the window. Yeah. He was just supposed to kick it. But they said he stayed in character. So they just used it.
2: see how. Yeah, dude. Yeah. The professional. Yeah. Stay in character. Because per- yeah. I'd be like, holy dude, did you
0: just say that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to break it. <laughs> <laughs> but he goes down into the basement screwing the light bulb back in before checking the pipes underneath the house he starts to climb back up but pauses looking down at the ground we cut to tom breaking the floor of the basement with his pickaxe the sound of it can be heard out on the street <laughs> and later exhausted he abandons the pickaxe muttering that he needs tools Tom goes to the store, still filthy from his day of digging. He spots a jackhammer and takes it home. As he struggles dragging an engine into the house, Sheila sees him and rushes to her car.
2: The look on Sheila's face. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Compressor. Mm.
0: <laughs> oh, it's not a engine. What it's <laughs> <called? Yeah. laughs> the big thing that like yes, shakes right. and vibrates and yeah. gives power to the jackhammer. Yes. it generates that, most of the power. Yes. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I had written before, but I changed it for into. Yeah. So yeah. should, should be proud of me. It is a machine. It was yes. the shaky oh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> but back at home, Tom turns on the what?
1: The compressor. The Very compressor. <laughs>
0: He plugs in his ears and pulls on a pair of goggles. He starts the jackhammer and begins digging in the floor, screaming and laughing.
2: He's having fun.
0: Harry <laughs> hears it plain as day across the street, who mutters that it's a rented house.
2: So, okay, one thing very quickly. Yeah. With the jackhammer, I was like, "Oh shit! Everyone's gonna hear!" And then he started screaming as well. Yeah,
3: fantastic, fantastic.
2: But the thing is about the the rented house. He's the landlord, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. So why isn't he going over there right now? Yeah. What yeah. the fuck are no you doing? Shit. Yeah.
0: But the sounds of the jackhammer and Tom's maniacal laughter <laughs> echoed throughout <laughs> the neighborhood. We get like wide shots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maggie calls Tom from her grandmother's wake as Jake sits at the table in the kitchen drawing. When Maggie says that her family is drunk and fighting with each other, Tom apologizes for not going, saying that he's an asshole. She asks how he feels and he says that he's fine, much better. He says everything is fine now, Hmm. which is like super believable. (laughs) Jake crumples up a piece of paper and Maggie asks, so no more digging? And he says no. She says that she's sorry. She shouldn't have just stormed off and left him alone. But Tom says that he deserved it. She tells him to come up there and be with them. He could make it in an hour. But he says that he's not supposed to use the work truck for personal trips. So she <laughs> offers to come and get him. He's like, "Oh no, no, no!" Yeah. But Maggie looks at Jake, who is furiously scribbling on the paper. She's like, "I'll pull out front and honk." He's like, "No, no, 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 no!" no, no, no. no, no. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so again, I the fact that he's being so affable and like whatever, yes, yeah. yeah, that's really suspicious. It's yeah. scary because
0: you were like, "No, I won't yeah. <laughs> like a couple hours ago. But that
1: again, and I know I, but again, you. Know know something's wrong yeah him be like you said him being that way you wouldn't be like what's wrong with you yeah what what happened i you know what i mean i left not too long ago what the fuck mm-hmm
2: it's
1: I, he's like everything's fine yeah. Now. yeah i'd be like is this
0: samantha yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like all work and no play yeah.
1: no. <laughs> this samantha, is not tom samantha's ready to go she's like like i think your wife's gonna be mad
2: when she gets here yeah i better i want up. no part Yeah, you kind of yeah. fucked the house she's, up and yeah. she's <laughs> been thinking you're cheating for like forever
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> But Tom gets off the phone and as he walks through the house, we see that he has knocked a hole in the floor of the living room, which I don't understand why he did because he was already in the he was already oh in no, the basement. Yeah, yeah,
2: that confused me all the floorboards. Yeah. yeah.
0: He pulls the sledgehammer out of the hole and tosses it into the basement, where he has ruined the flooring. He hops down and picks the sledgehammer back up, getting to work at breaking the floor some more. At the wake, Jake sits on the stairs with Lisa. Maggie asks if he's ready to go, but he says he wants to stay here. He's scared to go home. Maggie asks why he's scared, and he says because of the feathers. Maggie asks what he means, and he says that he doesn't know, just the feathers. Lisa tells her that it's fine. She'll watch him. Maggie starts to leave, but Jake tells her to stop. He hands over her purse, which she almost forgot. Maggie hugs him and heads outside, where a storm has started. Jake watches her, silhouetted in the doorframe.
2: You say, "This is very funny to me," but you say he's silhouetted in the doorframe. Yeah. The child labor laws—that kid couldn't work past oh my God. <laughs> a certain time, and so they literally went up and down the neighborhood to find a kid that looked like that kid. <laughs> and they dressed him like that kid, and that's why he's so blurry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, it worked. It did.
3: Jim. That is it hilarious.
0: Did. <laughs> <laughs> back at the house Tom continues hitting the ground with his pickaxe but when he swings it back he accidentally hits a rock wall behind him he knocks a hole into it and Tom pulls more rocks out to reveal a brick wall inside he pulls some bricks out of the way and there are plastic sheets inside Tom takes out a box cutter and slices through the sheets and is horrified to find the puffy orange coat behind them he pulls the coat down we zoom in on a skeleton with glasses and a missing front tooth. Tom shakily approaches her and looks down at her curled hand, the bangles still on her wrist. He takes her hand and we zoom in on his face. He exhales cold air and we press in on him until he turns into Samantha.
2: So, okay, F- firstly, um I feel as though instead of putting the word dig on the screen, oh yeah, maybe basement Or wall, yeah, (laughs) could have been a lot better.
0: But then Kevin Bacon couldn't want the film to be called (laughs) Dig,
2: and that's what's most
0: important here. Yeah,
2: Um, but she is below. But she's still in right, but in a wall below. He wasted a lot of time. Yes, and effort. Yeah, his back will never be the same.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He was fucking like working hard. I think that was the
1: thing too. I was, I, I'm like, man, all right, I get it, but. maybe dig wasn't the right word <laughs> yeah, i mean come use. on
2: if you have the power to put a word on the screen yeah that's all i'm saying it's something. tom's
0: flashlight this isn't on her oh <laughs> <All right. laughs> why
2: did then why did instead of glaring at him through his favorite tv show tell the boy she's yeah. like no 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 tell him
0: behind a wall in the <laughs> <basement."> <laughs>
2: like, that's way better
0: something <laughs> there are maybe there are rules where she can't we don't know we well don't she know. seems to be
2: doing whatever she wants we don't know. yeah i also did want to point out this might be a reach But I did notice that Samantha's body is somewhat mummified. Right. And Maggie told Jake, the mummy gives you nightmares.
0: Oh, shit. all right, all right. Very good. And so
2: I was like, is that a little, you know?
0: It probably is. I feel like there's a lot of cleverness in this. Yeah, yeah. That's good. But we zoom out, and Samantha is wearing her glasses and the puffy orange coat. Someone calls out hi to her, and she answers the same. The person asks her to come closer because they can't hear her. We see someone standing on the porch of what will become Tom's house, beckoning her over. Confused, Samantha heads toward him. As she gets closer, we see that it's Kurt, Harry, the landlord's son. He tells her that he wants to show her something. But when she asks what it is, he says that it's a surprise. Samantha is incredulous, but she follows him inside the house. She walks through the plastic sheets hung up and sees that Adam, Frank's son, is also inside. The football star, fucking whatever. Mm. He tells her happy St. Patrick's Day, but she only wants to know what the surprise is and Kurt and Adam kind of joke about it. Kurt tells Adam to keep drinking despite his protest that he's already drunk. Samantha says that she doesn't think there's a surprise at all and starts to head back toward the door, but Kurt stops her. He tells her that the surprise is that they want to be her friend now. She asks why they want to be her friends now, but Kurt takes her over to a mirror and tells her to look at herself. He invites her to take her coat off and have a drink, but she tells him that she's not supposed to. He asks if she does anything she's not supposed to. He's like, because I do. Yeah, I was like, good Lord. Yeah. He takes a swig out of the bottle before pulling her coat off and telling her that she's hot. He asks if they can be friends, and Samantha reluctantly says that he can kiss her if he wants to. Kurt jumps right on this, grabbing her face and kissing her while groping at her, and she asks him to not do it like that, and he agrees, but immediately does it again. Samantha is uncomfortable and says that she wants to go home, but Kurt won't let her go. She struggles to get away from him, finally falling to the ground, hard on her face. She turns her head and spits out her tooth. It skitters across the floor, leaving blood behind, like in the vision that we've seen multiple times. Mm -hmm. She looks over at Adam, who is on his knees with his back to her, throwing up on the floor. (laughs) Which, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Now, this is a lot, but Kurt takes this opportunity to sexually assault Samantha. As she struggles, her nail is ripped off against the floor. She continues to scream, fighting him and pulling out his hair as he tries to silence her. Adam begs Kurt to shut her up and turns the radio up to drown out her screaming. Blasting out of the radio is the gob cover of the Rolling Stones Paint It Black. Kurt yells at Adam to put his coat on Samantha's face to keep her quiet. Instead, Adam grabs the plastic sheets hanging up. As Samantha gasps her last breath, all she hears is the riff from Paint It Black. Her hand falls limply to the floor, still clutching a piece of Kurt's hair.
2: I did want to talk about Painted Black uh, very quickly mm-hmm. because that's, you know, the song that he's been searching for. Right. The song Jake's been humming, the song he's been playing on the guitar, all that stuff. But whenever they filmed this movie, the song that they were actually using was Break On Through by The Doors.
0: Oh, my God.
2: And so it
0: it fits better. That does fit better.
2: But they filmed it all. They did everything. And then by the time they were done, they were a little presumptuous because they didn't get the rights to the song. Oh, Oh, wow. (laughs) And so when everything was said and done, they had to change the song. And so every time you hear someone humming, every string of the guitar you hear plucked.
0: Wow. It's added in post. Wow. All right. (laughs) That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I would have never guessed. No. No.
0: Because we talk a lot about like bad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) bad like adr (laughs) or whatever this was wow yeah but as tom experiences this blue veins stand out on his skin and he exhales another cloud the riff from the song turns into jake humming it and he sees through samantha's eyes again they take the plastic off of her face and stare at her in horror kurt asks adam what he did that for as they realize that she's dead Adam says that he's not here. He can't be here. This isn't happening. And Kurt berates Adam for putting plastic over her face as our view of them gets further and further away.
2: I don't know if it's the line reading, but this post-murder dialogue is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's awful. I'm not here. I can't be here. It's, <laughs> it's really <Yeah>. bad. It's <laughs> I, I want to say because- as This is <laughs>
0: no dream.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's another reference. Uh, as a kid, I don't think I grasped anything that was happening.
0: No, I thought they had just attacked her. Yeah.
2: As an adult, this is one of the saddest things I've ever seen. It's
0: horrible. It's fucking awful. Yeah.
2: When you like, because she just wanted a friend. Yeah. And they murdered her. Like, yeah. it, is, like it is fucking like- and way more, like, gruesome and graphic than I recall. Yes. Peri- like, period. Yeah. And so was like,
0: I think at some point my brain was, like, protecting itself. It's like, you can't. I, r- yeah. I really didn't remember it being that bad. But it's, it's so awful. Yeah. Yeah.
2: When I watched it last night, I was, I'm um, 31. Yeah. And I was like, good like, lord. Holy fuck. Yeah. yeah. It's still rough.
0: Yeah. Tom wakes up slumped in the corner of the rubble in his basement As he climbs up the ladder, Kurt looks through the window into his basement and rushes away. I feel like that
2: was a lot. Yeah, it was.
0: was.
2: (laughs) As if, if, first of all, the the jackhammer and the screaming. Yeah. That's enough. That really could have been enough. Yeah, that was it.
0: But Kurt's like, let me just see if... Oh, fuck! (laughs) (laughs) But Tom heads outside into the rain and walks to Frank's house, where candles and drawings are put up on the porch for Adam
2: i'm sorry dude after after what we just watched i don't want to see shit i don't want to see any cards for i'm gonna eat pancakes (laughs) on his grave i i I, kick him down yes smash those candles
0: (laughs) tom knocks on the door and when frank answers he asks how adam is frank says that he might make it or he might not he's leaving to join sheila with him at the hospital Tom apologizes to Frank, saying he's sorry because he thinks he knows why Adam shot himself and he's going to need to call the police about it. He says that he doesn't want him or Sheila to have to hear about it from someone else or read about it in the paper, so he wants to tell him before anyone else. This is really kind.
2: It's a very kind gesture, Yeah. but it's probably the most foolish thing he could do.
1: I. I think it is up until when Frank's like, give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Like, oh, you yeah. know, I fucked up.
0: <laughs> Frank asks what he's talking about. And Tom just asks him to come to his house. Frank heads back inside and we cut to them walking through the rain to Tom's house. It's pouring rain. Yeah. Frank went back inside to get his coat, but it's just slung over. His yep. arm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, why aren't you wearing your coat? Yeah. man? <laughs> But meanwhile, Maggie sits at a stoplight, impatiently waiting for it to turn green. In the basement, Frank asks how Tom even found her and asserts that he doesn't know it was Curtin Adam. Tom says that he does, though, but Frank maintains that he can't prove it. People are just going to say that he's a lunatic. Her body doesn't prove anything. But Tom says that she's holding someone's hair in her hand and they're going to be able to tell whose it is.
2: So, uh, okay, this is where, considering that... Frank has been all about his son this entire film, right? Do you really think for a second that he won't, like, I, yeah, it, it literally, yeah. it's
0: misguided, but he was trying to do the right thing. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: we got different definitions of right, but continue. <laughs> he was
0: still going to call the cops. The order <laughs> and be like, of they're which. on their way right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Frank says nothing in return, and Tom says that they have to call the cops. After a moment, Frank asks just what they were supposed to do. It was just an accident. He says that when the kids came to them, the damage was already done. She was dead and there was no bringing her back. But Adam and Kurt have everything in front of them. So what were they supposed to do? He drops his coat to reveal that he was holding a gun. Of course. He asks asks if they were really supposed to send the boys to jail for the rest of their lives over her. Tom asks who Frank is planning on shooting, but Frank begins to cry and tells Tom to get out of here. Frank breaks down, saying that he's been living with this for six months. He asks if Tom really thinks anything he can say will make one bit of difference. He yells at Tom to get out, but Tom's like, I'm not going anywhere. And then Frank shoots the gun into the wall and Tom scurries up the ladder. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you got it, boss. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> say
0: less. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as Tom is up in the kitchen, he hears a gun go off in the basement, followed shortly by a knock at the door. When he opens it, it's Harry with Kurt standing behind him, looking away from Tom. Harry asks if Tom has a minute, and when Tom says no, Harry insists that it's important. Tom looks down and sees Harry's hand suspiciously stuck in his pocket. Tom maintains that he doesn't have time, but when Thunder claps loudly, Harry's like, wow, it's raining hard, (laughs) and pushes his way inside. The fuck? Kurt follows and closes the door behind them.
2: As if their intentions weren't already. Yeah, Yeah, it's like the shifty, like.
0: Tom continues to try to get rid of them. Harry tells Tom that they have a serious problem. What the hell is he doing to his house? He said he thought he would check out all the pounding that he's heard, but he didn't think that Tom was in here wrecking the place. How could he <laughs> not be? Yeah, no, sh- <laughs> so go,
2: oh, I've been watching the construction channel. <laughs> on and full scream- volume and, and screaming. Yeah. Along to it. You waited this long to fucking yes, come over here. That's my problem. He earlier in the day, and it was very passive. He's like, um, it's a rented house. Yeah, yeah. you own it. And then it's like, go. oh, yeah. oh,
0: fuck, we hit a body in there. <laughs> Shit. Yeah.
2: It's so it, I don't get it.
0: Tom assures him that he'll take care of all of that. He lies badly about trying to fix a water main because it was leaking. Harry asks about water damage, and as Tom eyes his keys, he invites him to go check it out. Harry finally pulls his hand out of his coat pocket, but he's not holding a gun. It's a bottle of liquor. He asks Tom to show him where it's at as he tosses the bottle to Kurt. But Tom's like, "Oh, you'll be able to find him. <laughs> see you later.
3: Yeah.
0: your
1: house. Yeah. yeah,
0: shit." He snatches up his keys and says, "He's got to go." <laughs> Harry tells his son to hurry up and drink, and Kurt follows instructions. Can I ask
2: why he's doing this?
0: Uh, to give him a little bit of courage for something that's about to happen. Oh, that's what I think.
2: Courage. I th- yeah. <laughs> I thought it was to make him an unreliable witness.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I thought that was why. <laughs> So you're back like,
3: Kurt, you are that's, drunk. Yeah,
2: you don't know what happened. <laughs> so never mind. I don't know what I'm talking and about. Unreliable. It's like, so his breath. He's, uh, he's now, really drunk. Well, they I, know what they're doing. <laughs> that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. I swear. I'm, I'm happy to no be wrong. No one's going to believe uh, you yeah. on I me. Mean? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Harry, stone faced, tells Tom that the water main doesn't run under the house. Tom's like, Well, I know that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he clenches his fist, the keys between his fingers like Wolverine. Harry reaches into his other pocket and all hell breaks loose. Tom hits Harry with a lamp. Kurt grabs a fire poker and beats Tom with it while he tries to run away. Harry says for Kurt to get Tom onto the rug. Again, Kurt follows his father's instructions but pauses when he looks down at Tom. Harry says not to look at him and they turn Tom over. Harry puts a pillow over the back of Tom's head and presses his gun into it. See, this is what he was giving him the liquid oh, courage for. No. <laughs> no.
2: See, now it's starting to make sense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> An unreliable witness. I
2: swear I thought. I was like, when they get to court, man, he's
0: going
2: <laughs> to <laughs> strike him. Kurt's already, he's so, already
0: murdered someone. Oh, well, they don't know
2: about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, but so what now? You're going to murder this dude here yeah. in his home? and then Shoot what? him in the head. Yeah, and then what? What do you do now? what what
0: happens next
2: the wall doesn't work yeah people, Does people it find work? It.
0: <laughs> yeah walls out yeah but outside a horn honks repeatedly and they all freeze
2: i gotta be honest the level of chaos that's going on inside of the house her honking the horn when she arrives i don't know if i'm alone i thought she was going to drive through the front door <laughs> i swear to god that's her i heart. swear to god <laughs> that was and then when she didn't i was like oh yeah i guess she doesn't know, <laughs> why doesn't know would, anything she doesn't why have any powers yeah. i don't know <laughs> yeah she no. She didn't get the spidey toes <laughs> no she, she didn't. didn't maybe it's because we watched orphan i don't know no, All right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we see that it's maggie she honks a few more times and when tom doesn't come out she gets out of the car She starts toward her house and watches as the lights go off inside. Yes, come on. And then some glass breaks, and then there's grunting sounds. (laughs) (laughs) She goes back to her car and goes into the purse that Jake made sure she took and pulls out a knife. As she walks up to the porch, the last light goes off inside. She goes inside and calls out to Tom. When she tries the lights, they don't work and she finally switches on a lamp and that's when Harry knocks her down. He points his gun at Maggie but stops when Tom punches Kurt in the face. Maggie takes this opportunity to stab her knife through Harry's tennis shoe. He screams and fires wildly into the air. Tom grabs Maggie and Kurt gets to his feet, ready to attack. As he raises up his hands to swing the fire poker at them, he's shot multiple times. When he falls, we see that it's Frank behind him. After shooting Kurt, he turns his gun on Harry. As Harry falls, the gun fires one more time through the ceiling, through the floor of Jake's bedroom, through his bed, and out of his pillow. The score plays as feathers fall onto his bed.
2: So I was very surprised by Frank's baby face turn. Yeah. Listen,
0: what, what was he just sitting down there waiting? (laughs) Whoa. What was that other shot?
2: Maybe he
1: couldn't do it. I don't know. And he was just down there (laughs) freaking out.
0: The fact that they're like fucking fighting and yelling at each other up there. And Frank's just like, (laughs) oh, (laughs) well, I'm biding my time.
2: (laughs) But the feathers. The feathers
0: moment is great. I feel like it gets no, it gets no love.
2: I feel like visually it is very, very cool to see. Yeah, no, yeah. But even if he had gone with her, he wouldn't have been there. She's like,
0: now go to bed. Yeah. <laughs>
2: like, you know? So, I mean, either way. It
0: doesn't matter. Don't think too hard about it. Okay. It's great. All right. But Frank drops the gun before saying they were going to kill you, Tommy, you and Maggie both before walking outside. Tom and Maggie embrace before going out onto the porch with Frank. Frank says, You can't let something like cold blooded murder happen. Not here. This is a decent neighborhood.
1: Man. See, I like that. Yeah. It's so that good. That was because you don't know what
0: the fuck it means earlier. Yeah. No. But uh, that goes for so much of it. Yeah. Like, the plastic and the how. Ha- I mean, all of it is just like these little breadcrumbs. And yeah, I feel yeah. like it's such a satisfying payoff. And I think that also really speaks to like the desperation that I was talking mm. about earlier. Like the fact that your child can murder someone. And I know the murder was an accident, but what was the thing that he was trying to do? Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? But as long as you hide it and you put it behind a wall and you act like nothing happened, this is a nice neighborhood. My son's a football star. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's yeah. just, uh, there's so many like such depth to it that I never appreciated as a kid. And
2: then when you think about it, him going on and on about his son, the whole film that's him trying to bury. Yeah.
0: Not only that, but like justify. Yeah. Like I he he what it'd be a waste if he went to prison. He's gonna be a huge football star. You know what I mean? It's just it it's a lot. Mm-hmm. I did want to say very quickly in the novel, it wasn't uh Samantha, it wasn't a teenage girl. It was mm-hmm. a grown woman. And it was Harry's wife's sister. What? So Harry was having an affair with her, his sister-in-law. Okay. But also Frank was sleeping with her too. And so Frank's wife finds out and murders her with the fire poker. What the fuck? What the hell? Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel like this is way more this focused. This is way yeah. better. It's better.
0: And I feel like it's like this this moral gray area where, yeah, you'll do anything to protect your kids, but yeah. there's a fucking line, yeah, you know? Yeah. It's uh, it. This is just so good. Mm-hmm. But it's not the spotlight by Beth Orton plays as Tom looks back through the window of his house and sees Samantha inside as she was no longer ghoulish. He looks onto the sidewalk and she's there, smiling as she puts on her glasses and looks around. He looks further down the sidewalk and she's there, pulling on and belting her puffy orange coat with a smile on her face. She walks into the street and as she comes into contact with an oncoming car, she disappears. She disappears
1: i was like why am i emotional right yeah. now <laughs> <laughs> i thought she like respawn or some shit what? and i was like oh she's a ghost she's back in the yeah, basement i was like oh
0: fuck
2: <laughs> i i don't know if it was the song or what but yeah the whole t- i was like oh
0: my god i'm like very affected
2: i um and it was how happy she was as well yeah yeah because fucking finally that's first what, of what she all wanted all, um they said on commentary that the disappearing into the car was kevin bacon's idea
0: okay all kevin right, bacon yeah But the music continues as we transition to the cemetery where Debbie and her mother finally get to honor Samantha with the funeral. We then transition to Tom and Maggie outside of a U-Haul, moving their shit out of the house. Yes. They pass each other back and forth before touching hands, lingering before letting go.
2: That was also Kevin Bacon's idea.
0: It's perfect. Yeah. (laughs) And the the, like T plus M and the heart on his arm. Yeah. Mm Catherine irby actually has a tattoo that says t plus m mm-hmm. it's her husband and her daughter's initial ah. <laughs> and so they copied it i think it's on the back of her neck or something all right and so i was like that is fucking adorable Yeah, that's awesome but in the car they drive out of the neighborhood and tom looks at jake in the back seat as they go past the houses jake hears a cacophony of disembodied whispers overlapping each other some whisper his name they get louder and louder until Jake silently places his hands over his ears. It cuts to black and Hello by Poe plays as the credits roll. So what did you guys think of Stir of Echoes?
1: Uh, first, me too, kid. Like, <laughs> I, I, I would like the voices to stop. Please. Uh, um, I, I did enjoy this movie. I still enjoy this movie. It is very good. Like I said, I think that that's just a few things that kind of lose me. But overall, I mean, the movie is great. It's
2: still really good. It holds up way better than I expected it to watching it now as an adult. Yeah. Um, I did want to call out that song by Poe because it's a fucking banger. Oh, it's great. I don't know if it's something with Artisan Entertainment or whatever, because mm-hmm. she had a song at the end of Book of Shadows as well. <laughs> <laughs> and that was great, too but um no i think that this is really good there's far too much nostalgia attached right yeah for me i i know that i'm judging it fairly but i know as well that i am giving it a lot of leeway yeah Yeah. (laughs) but uh it's good it's it's still great i will agree with jp that there are some issues yeah but i think overall it's probably i would say it's one of my favorite ghost story movies yeah
0: yeah i totally agree i think it's fantastic Mm -hmm. and you kind of it was kind of like a gift that keeps on giving because i did appreciate a lot more depth to it yeah watching it as an adult Mm -hmm. so it's like damn not only are you still good but you're giving me even more (laughs) like i don't even deserve this but (laughs) i i love it i think it's a it's a great murder mystery it's a great ghost story i feel like everyone does really well even jake i mean it's just as i said the gift that keeps on giving (laughs) yeah i can't say enough good things there are a couple of things that you know you know whatever does the whole thing with neil pan out (laughs) no that's fine does maggie act you know consistently throughout the film yeah okay (laughs) you know it's fine It, it it (laughs) <laughs> Look, I did watch the movie like a lot <laughs> I,
1: I did watch the movie a lot as well. Yeah. My thing is just that that it's like Maggie was told, and then you completely the rest of the the other half of the movie forgot what's happening. Mm-hmm. You don't know what happened with your son. You don't know what's happening with your husband. You completely forgot about the ghost in your house. You forgot that that there's all this shit piled up on you and your husband and then this on top of it. And now you're just like, what the fuck are you
2: talking about? <laughs> you know what? It's almost like, it's almost like they, they changed the scene for her to go meet Neil and then forgot to change everything. Yeah. Else. That, that yeah. for me,
0: that kind of hurts. I and can then, totally see that.
1: What about her being pregnant?
2: Thank you. What about
1: her being pregnant? All this has happened over a period of time.
0: Not just like a week.
2: It's still,
1: still I w- No, it's not being brought up again.
2: They brought it up. It should like be a should huge deal. go to a checkup. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's very funny because I did hear in commentary that the original ending he wrote... Yeah. (laughs) It was supposed to be, it ends with her delivering this baby, but...
0: The baby is Samantha. No. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And
2: he didn't really go into how he was going to do this, but it's... (laughs) It's implied that the baby is also psychic. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so I prefer, I, uh... I prefer Jake being a radio or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's fine. I prefer that.
1: <laughs> even though... No, I want to watch
0: a movie <laughs> about a psychic-,
1: <laughs> a
0: psychic baby. That's
2: the sequel. But
1: even that, for me, the ending felt a little weird. Really? Like him hearing the voices and like, cause they're so happy and we got it was, that. It was kind of sad, we right? We got that. Yeah. yeah, we got the good little them holding hands and not wanting to let they're go. We got our life back together. Now they're like, oh, this is great, <laughs> babe. like, I'm fucking they tortured. They in the back. He's like, they won't shut the fuck up. He's yeah. like, what? Well, take me to another haunted house? What's yeah, great. Every like, house is haunted. Every <laughs> every <laughs> house
2: it's your son. Part. It's not the house that's hot. Yeah. It's fucking insidious all over again.
0: <laughs> but I guess we can go on to ratings. Yeah. Um, I think I've made it very clear how much I love this. I will say up front, flat out, my nostalgia cannot allow me to rate this film fairly okay. or properly. <laughs> so I'm just going to get that out in the open right now. I really, really love this. I've loved this since I was a kid. Uh, it, it has, like I said, a lot deeper meaning to me now. Mm-hmm. And like I said, there's just this like desperation in it of Tom yeah. really like, kind of mourning his youth and refusing or not really wanting to settle into the life that he's made for himself Mm -hmm. and kind of that informing the way that he like fucking fixates and obsesses on this. I mean, there's these dads who are like in their mind protecting their kid, but really like just keeping monsters out on the street. I mean, there's, there's so much to it. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, but this was a nice neighborhood, you know, it's just. Ugh, <laughs> I, I just love it so much. Um, I love it so much. In fact, that <laughs> on a scale, <laughs> was that a good say?
2: <laughs> <I was laughs> a <laughs> a plus. Uh,
0: Thank you. <laughs> on a scale from one to ten, fatal feather flurries. Mm. I'm gonna give Stir of Echoes nine out of ten fatal feather flurries. Wow. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> I know that probably nobody else came with a score that high, and that's okay this means a lot to me (laughs) it's funny because when we first first started the show before we ever like i don't think we had released an episode yet no we had made a facebook page Mm -hmm. and we put what's your favorite scary movie and our grandma put stir of echoes echoes. and i was like oh my god stir of echoes like i can't and now we're (laughs) what is this episode 142 yeah and so I was like, man, I'm feeling like some pressure. <laughs> I just I really, really love it. But thank you, Grandma, for being literally one of the first yes. one of the first to suggest anything. And
2: I will say that we both kind of tried to get it on several Patreon polls. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> and it just kept in, uh, yeah. It came got
0: second close, place. A lot. But it yeah, did. no. It obviously never won.
2: No, but thank you, Grandma.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> uh I I won't lie, so there is no uh Like you don't think anything else. I don't love the movie that much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think so. That's okay. I
1: I do enjoy the movie. And I do feel like if it's something nobody's seen or you haven't seen, watch it. And I will watch it again. And I don't even have a problem with going and watching it after we get done recording. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, like I said, there are the small things that do bother it. And yeah, there's a lot of good in the movie. But, but I just, like I said, I feel like that second half of her knowing completely nothing you, you really hurt the movie for me now seeing it and and under fully more understanding. Yeah, I watched it when I was a late teen, so I kind of understood it a little better, mm-hmm. and I knew oh this shit is wrong, and you know what yeah. they're doing, and this is fucking this is nuts. But now it's like, dude, don't. And and I get what you're saying because even when I watched it first, I was like, "Oh man, his wife's so cute and he's so cool. He's got a leather yeah. jacket yeah. And, and that." But then, yeah, and then watching it now, it's like, "Oh, you motherfuckers are struggling." Yeah, and it's like, yeah, y- y'all are poor and you're trying to fucking, you know what I mean, raise a family. And this dude, like you said, and not give up on his yeah, dreams. He's, and- he's yeah, he's trying to keep going. And it's like, man, it's kind of you know, it's kind of sad. You know, it's what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, damn, you guys really had me and then i feel like maybe if she would have been like no maybe i don't know it just like i said seeing her go and dude explain it to her and then her and like in the next i don't even say 10 15 minutes and then after that she knows nothing yeah and then it's completely just you did what there's a ghost here are you fucking for real (laughs) this dude yelled at you because you didn't send me Yeah, yeah yeah and gave you the whole scoop but now you don't know what the fuck's going on She's like, well, if we just bury this, <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> then we never have to think about <laughs> right. it again. Don't dig. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we
0: don't dig. Yeah. yeah.
2: Just knock a wall down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I do enjoy the movie. Like I said, I will watch it. I've seen this a million times. Uh but yeah, seeing that again, I was like, God damn. I was like, man, why you got, why'd you have to do that? You know? <laughs> uh but for me, on a scale of one to ten fatal feather flurries very good i'm gonna give stir of echoes a 7.5 i I, look i lower than i thought i I enjoy i enjoy the movie i really do and i like i said i've seen it a million times but i feel like again if i'm and and it's not nothing against a movie but again i'm a slasher guy right? right there is no slasher in this there is no I mean I mean there's bad guys
0: in this I'm desperately but, trying, yeah, to, I'm trying. trying to
2: <laughs> I don't think
1: it's gonna work she stabs
0: yeah. his foot she stabs his foot oh and that thank you for <laughs> saying that. that no no no, no
1: because what? that I I when she went back to the car and grabbed the knife went back I was like fucking thank you mm-hmm. thank you because any other movie that had just been like huh. Tom yeah. turned off. why'd you turn the lights off tom i'm coming inside i'm walking inside no you're i'm right. with my back to you <laughs> she went and grabbed the knife yes okay
0: something's wrong i need to protect myself and i appreciate that jake told her to bring that yeah. purse and she wasn't like jake said my purse like yes, you know it's we like, didn't need we're that we're not being we, spoon yeah. fed we know yes, yes, jake yes. be knowing okay we get it.
1: so for that i'll give it an extra uh, an extra half a point so we'll do eight okay we'll I'll do eight it. because it is it does
0: for the and, knife. It, yeah well because knife representation
2: it yeah. is
1: every time anything even if it's a, a gun like they'll load it and cock it and it's like the loudest thing in the movie and uh-huh. then it's like what'd you think i didn't think you were gonna come after me or whatever some <laughs> stupid shit <laughs> and it's like you she nothing opened it outside so the click wasn't inside the fuck the lock wasn't you know what i mean you couldn't like she was smart yes it was very smart and she even used it the once and that was it it Mm -hmm. wasn't like later he pulled it out of the dude's foot and then cut his neck and then he (laughs) says some bullshit like that was no she used it for what it was needed and that was it
2: And another positive for you, I know it goes a little murky towards the end. Yeah, but they share everything with each other. Yes, at the start. Yes, and that is not common. No, yeah. Um, no, I yeah, I still love this movie a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's tough to break through that nostalgia.
1: No, yeah, I get it, and we talk about that all the time. Yeah, it's a it's a big factor. It is.
2: Um, I. Positives, uh, very simple but effective ghost story. Yeah. yeah, like it works and it makes sense. Yeah, every piece that they give you, it forms the puzzle later. Right, mm-hmm. which is really hard to do. Yeah, I think the performances are great. Mm-hmm. The music is really good. I think that there are great visuals. If they've stuck oh, yeah. with me for like twenty years. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what I had forgot to mention was how deeply it affected me to the point where it still. In other movies, because that was planted Mm -hmm. from this movie.
2: Teeth and nails forever.
0: Forever, for life.
2: (laughs) Uh, The real negatives for me are simply what we talked about earlier. Those kind of dropped plot points. Yeah although i will say if that's what you're gonna do with the pregnancy then we don't have to talk about it again yeah <laughs> forget it yeah <laughs> the baby no puts trip. his little hands over his <laughs> yeah, ears <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's
2: the ending no we're good <laughs> forget it just Jake's drive away. like
0: i know yeah <laughs>
2: dude i got a lot to tell you
0: <laughs> yeah all right him and the
1: baby wink at <laughs> each other we don't need that shit i got yeah. it <laughs>
0: It's just look who's talking. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Look who's talking, boo. It's a ghost. It's a ghost. (laughs) But scary. It is. Uh,
2: But yeah, I think that it's really good. I would have loved for Neil to have played a bigger role as well. Yeah, she goes to that oh, one yeah. meeting, and then we never hear from him again. Because
0: he's such an interesting character. Yes. Yeah, and then yeah, that's it. Because by day
2: he's with the Chicago Police. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then at night he is helping people. Yeah. deal with being no shit. like whatever yeah. receivers or yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. But we they're like we'll give him two scenes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's enough. And that's just not enough for me. But uh, no, I I actually the thing is is that if we were to have watched this as adults only, yeah. I would have come to the table and have given this a seven point five, but with that nostalgia in mind, out of ten, Fatal Feather Flurries, very good, cool. I'm gonna give Stir of Echoes eight point five, Fatal Feather Flurries out of ten.
0: We did it again. Yeah, I know. I can't. <laughs> I swear
2: to God, I we come to the table with our numbers and it just keeps falling into
0: stairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But before we go, uh, just a little commotion for David Cap. Yeah, man. God damn, that was surprising. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. <laughs> well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate Stir of Echoes and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the ThePodmortem. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at Blood and Smoke, at RealStreeter84 and at Travis MWH. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special shout out to our Wendigo Getter patrons. And remember, no matter how deeply you bury your dark secrets, it's only a matter of time before your misdeeds are unearthed. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned for a special shout out to our Wendigo to go get her patrons. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> well, that <laughs> was creepy. That was too much.
1: <laughs> we do this a lot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> a special thank you to
1: Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M, Jordan Nash, Kent Morton, Guy Fifty Four, Lala Thomas. Travis and Nisa Hunter, Miguel Myers ATX, Jennifer Perez, Allison O'Neill, Carissa, TJ and Angie Bronson, Gabrielle Trevino, Spooky Mom, Andy Teague, Aplin Ontiveros, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, Sydney Smith, Osvaldo Soto, Bobby Holmes, Donna
2: Eason, JD Rizak, Molly Gerhart, Armand Spasto, Aaron Aguirre, Eggie, William Berry, Brittany Ramatar, Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, Eden, Jordan Roberts, Dylan, Melissa Sierra, Holly Bryan, Jordan Blevins, Liz Heath, Spencer Montalvo, Pancake the Panda, John Ramos, Michael Newding, Alexis Roberts, Dan Laveau, Itzy M, Gary Horton, Amanda Aliff, Leisha Olivier, Kate Lamp, Carlos and Sydney, Jessica Hunter,
0: Helena Rutter, Alan Johnston, Mariah, Livy Fun, Mandy M, Scott Troutman, Mozzie Bear, Brittany G, Dave Burke, Adrian Stakes, Craig Kowalski, Beth, Nick Spill, Emma Hagel Kissinger, Valerie G, JSL, Emiliana, Brian Glass, CB, Maya Nochez, Taylor Santana, Will Lewison, Angelique, Smelly Poo Poo Head, Beth Bauer, Ben Coons,
1: Cookie. Esperanza J. Jace OKC. Joshua Rumley. Danielle Peralta. Hannah R. Brandon. Nicholas Carter. Sawyer Reese Farr. Dr. Diva Loves Horror. Girl That's Scary. M. Fryback. Cassandra. Andrea Simmons. Ashley Higuera. William Rush and katarina thank you all so much thank you
0: yes down 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 uh, <laughs> you sound yeah. so tired <laughs> i'm exhausted i'm losing my voice <laughs> but you are also incredibly supportive and we really dig it mm. he uh, right, <laughs> was digging right. a lot
2: he was he shouldn't uh, have he <laughs> didn't need to <laughs>
0: <laughs> until next time